This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. As we launch here into the first hour of the program, it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Well, uh, it's the day after the election. Oh, thank here, goodness. Here in uh, the U.S., unfortunately, they haven't taken down their irritating campaign signs yet. I went and got, I w- got all mine off of my property. I had, uh, I think, five of them, and most of them were repeats. Well, you know, one of the, to, to the credit of the libertarians out there, the ones I've ever worked with have always gone out that very night, and they've pulled up all their campaign signs. But uh, they're still, I mean, the Republicans and the Democrats still have them out there. All over the place. Uh, there's a lot to talk about here as far as some of what happened, your thoughts about it, of course, uh, where you think things are going to go. We've, we've got some, uh, some opinion pieces. Of course, uh, Wayne, you weren't here last night, so I definitely want to check in with you and see where, uh, how you feel about all of this. You know, what happened? What's going to come next? Uh, how, what, any of any thoughts that you might happen to have one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. In fact, we're going to talk here, do a little comparison, uh, look back in the past at some other voting results uh, in presidential elections, and see how the libertarians did this time around with their uh, plan to water down the message and uh, you know bring a make the tent a lot bigger so as to bring a whole bunch of people underneath it and have them vote for their candidate. We'll see how they did with that strategy. But Wayne, you know, having not uh, been here last night to talk about things as they were sort of happening. Uh, what's your reflection on the, all that has occurred so far and what's coming next? Well, one thing that I'm happy about is the fact that America's at a point now where we, where, you know, the bulk of Americans could actually vote in a non-white male president. That part is very positive, don't you think? Sure, sure. I think that's, that's a nice thing. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, I'd like to see uh, when they say change, uh, change is a really elusive general word, and I, I really would, would rather have had them say reform, uh, because change doesn't really mean anything to me. Uh, I would like to see maybe a repeal of the Patriot Act. I'd like to see a repeal of the Military Commissions Act. I'd like to mm-hmm. see Obama get the troops out of Iraq. Uh, I'd like to see a lot of things undone that were done by the previous administration that they've been complaining so vehemently about. Now, if if nothing improves there, then you know that they weren't sincere to begin with. So we'll be watching that very carefully. Yeah, there's a lot that's going to be coming out here uh, as a result of all this. Of course, uh, one of the major things to point out from last night is that the Democrats now have total control of Washington, D.C. So, you know, we had a a, a fairly long period. What was it, six years where the Republicans had total control of D.C.? And we saw it go in a very very national socialist direction. I mean, we know both sides are fascist, uh, but some, some have suggested that the difference between the Democrats and the Republicans is that the Democrats are socialists while the Republicans are nationals. Socialist. <laughs> That's really right. it's a dime's worth of difference. It, it uh, sounds relatively accurate. So, so we saw where uh, for six years the Republicans were basically free to build the you know the fascist state as large as they possibly could, and now we've got a situation where the Democrats now have total control and they'll be able to vi- to build the socialist state as large as they possibly can with uh, virtually no way uh, to put a stop to it. With the exception of non-cooperation. That's right. Well, all of the building blocks have been put in place by the Republicans now for the Democrats to institute a hard-left police state. Sure, and that's how it's always been. I mean, they always build off of one another. You're not going to see nobody. I, I understand that the people that are out there really excited about Obama believe that he's going to go in and all of a sudden make these uh, sweeping changes. And I hope he does. But Well, but you and I both know that that's not going to happen because... 
every time a new president gets elected, they just walk right in and they do what they were planning on doing. They don't wipe away any of the, you know, what happened in the, the years preceding him. That never happens. He's not going to go in there in January and start pulling troops out of Iraq. They, I don't know if he's even proposed that. From what I understand, he said both things about the war. He said he's against it and he says he wants to increase the size of the military. Yeah. So what do you do? Or increase the troop count in Afghanistan. No, he right. wants to increase the troop count in total, too. Yeah. More military. Oh, and then, and then there's, of course, the National Service Program, which is a huge uh, situation. And I wonder how many of these uh, young supporters of Obama that – and I did see a lot of young people out yesterday when I was out at the, the polling location here in Keene uh, doing voluntarist outreach, by the way. Uh, so I did see a lot of these young people who obviously don't have a clue as to what's going on. I mean, most Americans don't have a clue either, but the young people at least – they have the excuse of being able to say, well, they weren't paying attention in 2000 because they were 10 years old or whatever. So they don't know what has necessarily know what has come before. And they may really believe that this Obama character is going to do something different, that somehow the status quo is going to significantly change. And, well, it might change in that they might institute a national service program from, uh, from what I understand, the size of the military. Right. The, the, that's the largest A national program. defense force or something, he said. It wasn't just national service like we had uh, heard about from, uh, you know, the, 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 the people that are but supporting. But that was part of the national service thing, Mark. That was part of what they were promoting with national service was the idea that civilians would be right. the on-the-ground troops for Homeland Security. a civilian defense force as large as, as powerful as, right. and as well-funded as the military. Were well, the brown the military, civilian? Uh, yes. yes the, the military was, in fact, uh, I mean, is, in fact, half of the budget he's proposing right there um you know increasing the budget uh, the, the the entire national budget what's that three trillion is that right so, uh, so. up to 4.5 trillion Sounds you, like KGB, comrades. Well, you know what'll be interesting is looking back to see which uh, recent president was most like Hitler. Uh, will it have been George W. Bush, or will Obama be able to top him? I mean, will anybody notice that how how Hitlerian some of these proposals are if it's coming from you know a well-spoken half-black man? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he seems to have this magical uh, ability to to put people into a spell. I mean, people were waving signs. That won't signs. last past the first hundred days. Well, now they're going to have the ability, Mark. You remember the same thing. We've been talking about how the same patterns repeat themselves, and Americans continue to fall for the same tricks over and over again. So what you can expect to happen after the first hundred days is bad things. That I mean, certainly there are going to be things that you, you can definitely pin to Obama's administration, but they're going to try to say as much of it is George Bush's oh, fault yeah. as possible, just as when George Bush comes in, he says it's all Bill Clinton's fault. Mm-hmm. I heard, and I was listening so to Rush so Limbaugh forth. today. He mentioned the Clintons today. Really? <laughs> I mean, today, I'm oh, it's amazing to me how they how he can do it. Well, in all fairness, Obama is going to be inheriting a major, major mess yeah. for an economy, and everything is 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 kind of crumbling underneath. But his everything feet. he's said up to this point um, about fixing it to me it seems contrary to fixing it. I would imagine a lot of it he voted for as a uh, senator. Yes, yeah, I think I think so. But who and, pays attention to that? Who I mean, how many Americans uh, know these things, or their memory goes beyond three three weeks? It's going to be more bailouts. It's going to be more pumping funny money into the system, I think you're going to have a serious inflation problem uh, about a year or sooner going forward. And it, 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 it kind of reminds me of the Jimmy Carter era, because Jimmy Carter's administration ended up being a complete disaster. And wasn't that the last time it was full Democrat control was the late 70s? Yes. Yes, I believe so. When Reagan was elected in 1980, uh, they did switch. the. Uh, there were more Republicans, but it was still a Democratic majority, but it wasn't full control anymore. 
And it's not like Reagan was uh, hitting the veto button a whole awful lot. Let, let me go he to the vetoed, phone calls he here. He did veto. He, Tom, Tom yeah. is on the line in New Hampshire. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to point out, uh, I called this morning, I called Senator Biden's Capitol Hill office. Oh, boy. And said, I just want to encourage Senator Biden to call immigration and have Barack Obama deported back to Kenya, where he was born, and that way uh, Joe Biden becomes president. <laughs> oh, really? What, said, what difference is that going to make? I mean, even if that happens, what difference is it going to make? Not a damn no, it's bit. not going to make any difference, but she said, oh, okay. okay, sir, thank you for the call. Yeah. But anyway, uh, that won't make any difference uh, much, except that at least... Uh, the Constitution is being followed because at the time of the beginning of the term, if the president-elect shall not have qualified, then the vice president-elect shall become president. So at least they're, they're following the Constitution. Okay. Well, you heard about now, that lawsuit, right? That, that attorney, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I and guess... I, I don't really know. That they, didn't get thrown I, out? Well, it did get thrown out of a lower court. It went to the Supreme Court, and they tried to stop the election on Election Day yesterday. And I guess David Souter... Uh, compromised by uh, requiring Obama and his people to provide a, a valid birth certificate by December 1st. Thanks for the call tonight, Tom. Appreciate it. Yep. 800-259-9231. Your thoughts on this or whatever you want. It's still Free Talk Live. You can always bring up anything. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. Where do you think things are going to go? Uh, what's this going to do for the Free State Project? I mean, if Obama really does uh, crank up the socialism a little bit faster than uh, George Bush might have been able to, to pull off, then uh, will that result in more people moving to New Hampshire and getting active for liberty? I mean, has, has your threshold been crossed yet, those of you who have been sitting out on the fence? If not... What is it? Where is your threshold? Where is uh, the the time at which you will decide to make a difference? 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Inevitably, uh, we need to talk about political burnout tonight because that's inevitably something that happens after any election, especially to those who have been active in the realm of politics. Uh, we can touch on that, of course. So We'll also mention the Free State Project as a a potential solution. Uh, you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features. There is the shrine of female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've uh, taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com and see what it's all about. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. And the Institute for Humane Studies is now offering free seminars over spring break. This March, join other libertarians from across the country for an intense and interdisciplinary exploration of classical liberal and libertarian thought. Participation is free. IHS provides housing and meals during the conference. Apply now to attend a seminar at the University of California, Santa Cruz, March 7th through the 12th, or at Emory University in Atlanta, March 14th through the 19th. Visit libertarianseminars.com for more information, and don't forget to be there and get signed up before November 15th. Uh, so again, libertarianseminars.com. You know what? There's a lot to talk about here tonight. Uh, there were a number of state ballot initiatives. We highlighted a couple of them last night. Uh, obviously, I have not gone and, and gone and looked and seen what all the various different ones were. So if you want to share something from where you live, uh, some sort of outrageous result, or maybe, maybe something good happened uh, where you live. It does happen in the realm of politics from time to time, but for the most part, it's ten steps backward and maybe one step forward. 
In a fact, shuffle. Yeah, for, for mm-hmm. right now, I'd like to take a look at some, uh, some numbers. Uh, but first, we're going to go to the phones. Let's see how uh, Bob Barr actually did with the, the whole watered-down liberty message. Uh, but first, we go to Scott, listening in Canada. You are on Free Talk Live. Hello, Scott. Hi, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Yeah, uh, well, various, I don't know if you talked about this yet, but various places yesterday in the election had you know, these ballot initiatives. And there's one in uh, California, for sure, I think Arizona and Florida, about same-sex marriage. And I believe uh, same-sex marriage was banned in, in every one of those uh, uh, initiatives. And I'm going to tell Jeez. you why I don't think it's entirely bad. Okay. The reason, why, the reason why I say this, like, obviously, people should be able to marry whoever the hell they want. Yeah. Um, but I think people, you know, for a lot of people, they don't really get on board with the understanding how government is crap until they've been screwed by the government. And this, this is, is really a way for people to know that they've been screwed by the government if, you know, if they're interested in, in marrying their same-sex partner. Um, like, maybe that's the point for them to say, okay, like, this system, it doesn't work. What else is there? I agree and with you. that's when they get open, you know, to the message. There's, there's no doubt about that. And, you know, if, uh, it's also another possible motivating factor to get somebody to leave where they currently are. And hopefully they'll come across the idea of the Free State Project, at least if they love liberty. And they'll come up here and join us. I mean, for, you're right. It might be the final straw uh, that could break the camel's back, so to speak, and uh, get people frustrated enough to actually do something. It could be, but I never vote for, I never root for uh, tyranny, ever. This is true. And nor do I. Is there a law in New Hampshire that, that either bans or allows for same-sex marriage? There's uh, civil, civil unions. Civil unions are legal here in New Hampshire, so um, okay. it's it's the next closest th- it's the next closest thing. I don't like uh, you know I don't like the idea that you can uh, that they call it uh, civil unions. As far as I'm concerned, that's a, a Plessy versus Ferguson thing. You can you can drink at the water fountain, but but drink out of that mm. hose out back. Well, I don't <laughs> like the idea that anybody would ask the government for permission to love somebody in the first I'm, place. I'm with you, but as long issue. as government's going to be involved in marriage, um, it should and be I, fair. I, I wish that it. Yeah. I wish that it wasn't involved with marriage at all. I don't right. think that that's a role of government. But if it, um, if it's going to be in there, it should it allow should it to, and, you know anybody to marry any other consenting adult that they wish. Thanks, Scott. Good point. Appreciate the call. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. All right. Now, as you know, if you've been listening to the show for the last six months or so, you know that uh, earlier this year I resigned. I, I quit. My membership in the Libertarian Party. I had done Libertarian Party activism for ever since uh, the year 2000, ever since the Harry Brown campaign in the year 2000. Had been pretty heavily involved in the Libertarian Party down in Florida. Managed a couple of uh, managed a campaign down there, and was you know relatively active in the realm of Libertarian Party politics. And of course was frustrated by the inevitable and, con- and continuing failures of the various different Libertarian Party candidates at, at both the local and state and national levels. I mean, it just, it fails all over the place. I mean, these guys can barely pull more than 3 or 4% on a good day. And so it was all very frustrating to get out there, do all that activism, and see very, very little return on investment. So I can understand why other libertarians uh, might have been feeling the same way who took things in sort of a different direction. I, I, I had that feeling like of, of frustration and, and political burnout, and I channeled that into the Free State Project when I heard about it, the idea of moving as many liberty-loving people together in order to get active in various different ways, both politically and uh, market-based, uh, outside-the-system stuff, to get to – 
uh, sort of put my efforts into that instead, and it's been so much more rewarding uh, coming up here as uh, part of the Free State Project and getting active and being surrounded, literally surrounded, by other liberty-loving people. It's been wonderful. We've seen some amazing results, and I'm sure at some point we'll hear from Dennis Goddard uh, to you know give us a rundown of how some of the candidates up here I've did. heard that – I've just heard uh, – this is – everybody, this is just speculation. I've heard that 91 out of the 153 uh, NHLA-endorsed New Hampshire Liberty Alliance endorsed candidates won here in New Hampshire. Better, so. That's good news. Uh, and I've also heard uh, RidleyReport.com was reporting that four free staters yes, have actually right. won uh, state house seats in New Hampshire. So it used to be one free stater in the state house. Now there are four. So that's a good thing. That's improving. So it's, it's, it's evidence that even the political system, as slow and awful and expensive and time-consuming as it is, is, is actually turning some sort of level of success for the activists up here. So I channeled my activism into the Free State Project. While I can understand why while other more politically motivated uh, libertarians might have channeled their activism into the idea of, well, expanding the tent. This has been one of the proposals that has been on the table in the realm of the Libertarian Party for a long time, is that, well, the Libertarian Party was founded as the party of principle. The idea, of course, being that this particular party was founded on the concept that you should not aggress against your neighbors, that you should honor your neighbors' choices, and that you should adhere to that principle every single issue, every time, when you're talking about whatever the various different uh, debating issues are out there uh, along the field. And some libertarians have been arguing for years that having this principled stance is exclusive. It's, It's keeping people out of the party, and therefore, since people are being kept out of the party, then they're not going to want to join and get active, and we're not going to be able to expand the party, and we're never going to win an election if we stay, or if the libertarians stay in this sort of principled, pro-liberty position, when they're 100%, you know, or 99% uh, pro-liberty every issue, every time. And so they've been making this pitch for years of, uh, well, we need to expand the tent, we need to expand the tent. And so people have been infiltrating the Libertarian Party. People have been coming in, they, they had been signing this statement of, uh, statement of agreement, the statement of principle, that basically says, I won't advocate the initiation of force to achieve political or social goals. You have to sign that statement uh, to get into the Libertarian Party. So people signed that and then ignored it, and they went ahead and they nominated a man named Bob Barr for the Libertarian presidential candidacy this year upon the idea that, well, Bob Barr is... Well, he's not a libertarian. He's a, he's a statist. Uh, he's, you know, a watered down. He's maybe a conservative that is sort of leaning a little libertarian. Maybe. I mean, I'm being charitable by giving him the maybe on that one. Former CIA agent, agent of the state, longtime drug warrior Bob Barr, nominated by the Libertarian Party to increase the size of the tent and to yeah. bring a bunch of voters in, right? Bring those voters in. Bob Barr should have done really well this year, right? Because he's a big name, and it's a big tent now. He didn't fool anybody. That's the problem. Let's run the numbers and see how old Bob Barr did versus past libertarian candidates. You might be interested. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're totally free, so enjoy those on us. 
Again, that's freetalklive.com, and the features include the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, click and download. They're right there on the front page of the website, so enjoy them free at freetalklive.com. And if you're thinking about starting a, a small business, here's a word to the wise. Incorporate at LegalZoom.com. Incorporation can help protect you against the frivolous lawsuits that could wipe you out. LegalZoom.com is fast and easy. They do all sorts of legal documents, patents, wills, trademarks. Use, use code FTL to save $10 off your order. That's LegalZoom.com. 99.29%. 99.29%. What's that number? The amount of people that voted Democrat and Republican no. or, and or Republican? Okay. No. That's the number of votes uh, that Harry Brown had, the presidential candidate, Libertarian Party presidential candidate in the year 1996 and 2000. In his 96 campaign, that's the number, uh, that's the percentage of votes compared to Bob Barr's total votes that Bob Barr got this year. So Harry Brown had 99.29% of Bob Barr's total votes. Bob Barr's total so far with 98% of precincts reporting is 489,250 votes. And back in the year 1996, Harry Brown, the libertarian candidate at that time, the principled libertarian candidate who actually understands liberty and who effectively communicated liberty, back in a time, I might add, when we did not really have the Internet that we have today. Even in Harry's 2000 campaign, the Internet was nowhere near its level of, uh, I guess, involvement in our lives that it is today. Uh, Harry Brown got 485,798 votes back in 1996. So Bob Barr just barely, just barely did better than Harry Brown did back in 1996. But even Bob Barr's total wasn't even enough to come close to the best libertarian presidential campaign of all time, which was back in 1980, the Ed Clark campaign. Ed Clark got over well over 900,000 votes, in fact, closing in on a million votes. So no one has ever even come close to what Ed Clark did. Now, to be fair to Ed Clark, it's my understanding that he was very independently wealthy, and so he was able to finance a lot of his own campaign back at that time. However, uh, it's this right here is total vindication for what I was suggesting earlier this year, and that is that watering down the liberty message will do jack squat to actually advance liberty in our lifetime. In fact, not only will it do jack squat to advance liberty, it'll do jack squat to get your candidates elected because Bob Barr, even with all of the internet that he could possibly leverage and whatever press coverage he got, barely eclipsed Harry Brown's totals from 1996. Pathetic. And there's more people voting, so the pie is actually bigger now than it was then. This is true. And and the other factor is is that I don't think he really uh, effectively differentiated himself from John McCain or any of the other independent candidates. No, when he was given opportunities, the few times I saw clips of Barr, I mean, I could barely stomach watching this guy, but the few times I saw clips of Barr being interviewed, having precious airtime on television, he just talked about how great he was. He talked about how Barr's, you know, I'm Bob Barr and uh, vote for me because I'm great or whatever. He wasn't talking about liberty. He wasn't talking about principle, and why should he? He doesn't understand it. It seems to me that the, I think the conspiracy theorists are right about Bob Barr and that he, he He's simply still on the payroll for the CIA. Oh, yeah. Nobody and, ever leaves the company. Right. Ian. You, when, you're, when you're a member of the company, you either leave uh, in a casket or you go to another planet. Well, he said he's been quoted as saying that his, the purpose of his campaign was to rekindle faith in the government. No libertarian worth his salt would ever say something he, like that. He, yeah. He also said that uh, the libertarian people need or um, party members needed a conservative. Remember that when he was before he got the nomination? Oh, gosh. 
He's just awful. And so it's proof positive the Libertarian Party is, is completely useless at this point and that their whole strategy of making the tent bigger by watering down the message of liberty has been a total, complete, and abject failure. But what about Ron Paul? We'll get to him in moments. Let's go to Dennis first in New Hampshire. Dennis, you're on Free Talk Live on the Amp Line. Howdy, folks. Hey, dude. What's on your mind tonight? Oh, man. So yesterday was was a bloodbath. It was a bloodbath for um, for the Republican Party, and, you know, it, it didn't work out too well in New Hampshire either, i got to say. Well, it, you know, it, um, it certainly could have been better, but... Uh, wait a minute. What about the 90-something people that I heard won the, uh, the, the elections? You guys at the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance at NHLiberty.org had uh, endorsed over 150 candidates uh, as relatively pro-liberty candidates uh, for people to vote this year, and Mark said that he heard that over 90 of them won. That sounds like good news. I don't have a total confirmation on that, and I know that some of the uh, some of the free staters that are you know looking pretty good in their races, the the numbers aren't all in. Oh, really? Still, um, wow. In fact, one one of the guys that's run now, this is his third time running for the state house. He was one of the first people to to come in and and try to um, and try to run. Um, you know, only seventeen percent of the districts are reporting in numbers still huh. for for his district. So there's you know there's there's still a lot of stuff. Um, to be determined, but you know. So on the downside, most of the of the free staters and generally the liberty people are running under the Republican ticket. And I think that was a they, big they, mistake, personally. This it was. Year. It was. Um, we really need more people who you know really identify more with the liberal side mm-hmm. to be running as you know closet libertarians, basically. Um, right. Now that said. The takeover of the Republican Party, or if you will, the the change of the face of the Republican Party, took a huge step forward in this past election because um, swimming against the grain, swimming uphill against the stream, we had at least four more free staters get elected than we had last year, or last, last election, and the new ones were all Republicans. Hey, that's pretty good news, right? Yeah, that's excellent news. We like, you know, quadrupled the number of free staters that we have. So they're not just like generally pro-liberty people. They're not even just basically libertarian. They're really, really libertarian. Cool. Well, I'd say that from what I've heard of the um, results here, results here in New Hampshire, and I think that they, you know, I mean, we've certainly got more to hear about that the free state project did well, the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance did well, and the Republicans got their heads handed to them. You mean the rhinos? Well, yeah, like the rhinos were cleaned out. If you had an R next to your name, you had a good chance of not uh, not getting elected this uh, this particular election. And well, also the rhinos got taken out in the primary. I mean, you know, we we did that as I was I was I was crowing about in uh, in the city of Concord. You know, we took a person who was basically a Democrat running as a Republican and ejected them from the party by knocking them out in the in the primary. They had all of their – and this was really, I think, something to be said for the Free State Project in that all of the old-timers, the people who feel that they own the city of Concord, mm-hmm. turned out in droves with a write-in campaign to take back the seat that this lady had held for 36 years, and they couldn't do it. Wow. Yeah, yeah that's good. 
I mean, it was great. I was holding a sign out for what were basically branded as the free state candidates. Neither of the two of them were actually free staters, but they hang around with us so much, you might as well be. Yeah. They're people who kind of got politically woken up by the free state project. Like, which oh is my God, part of, uh, which is one of the reasons why the free state movement is so great, because all these incoming liberty activists are really jazzing up and exciting. Uh, so, some of the sort of sleeping activists that have been out there uh, that had sort of resigned themselves to the inevitable uh, Massachusetts, Massachusettsization of New Hampshire. <laughs> Yeah, so the result of this election, you know, there's there's definitely some downsides. I mean, it's going to be regulation and taxation in this state, and it's going to be very hard to oppose some of that, so much so that I'm not sure to what degree we can. On the flip side, eventually the average person is going to realize that Obama is not the messiah. And when mm-hmm. they do, they're going to be very upset. So the sure. pendulum swings both ways. In either two years or four years, who knows when, but at some point, the president who still has wars going on, who's facing massive recession or depression that lasts for years, this is not like something that's going to get over in six months and we're done. Yeah. It, the mood's going to be ugly, and when that pendulum swings back, that'll be something. And on top of that, you know, I think a lot of the free staters now are trying to explore their inner Democrat for, for a lot of them, especially the politically active ones. I agree. I think active ones. I love the idea of infiltrating the political parties on a local level. I think that it's completely a waste of time on the national level to try to, you know, like the Republican Liberty Caucus trying to take over the Republicans from the inside for liberty. Uh, yeah, clearly that's not worked. Uh, but on a local level, it's doable. I mean, we've had Tom, and hang on, Dennis, I'm bringing back here. We've had Tom call from New Hampshire who is relatively politically active, and he has pointed out that it's pretty easy to go in and get some of these decision-making level seats in the Republican Party, and I'm sure it's as easy in the Democrat Party. I think that's an important role to play here. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free. So enjoy those on us. Uh, And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then shop with us. Head over to amazon.freetalklive.com and buy whatever it is that you need for life. They've got 41 categories in which you can shop. Plus, you can even buy used items. So head over to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com and get your shopping done and feel good because when you enter through that link, Free Talk Live gets a percentage of your purchase. And, of course, it's uh, November now, which means we're getting really close to the holiday season. Some might argue we've already started the holiday season. Uh, And so you're probably thinking about what to buy for whom, and you should buy at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Get all your holiday shopping done. No need to go to all the stores and spend all that time and effort. And save a few bucks at the same time. Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. So we continue uh, bringing back Dennis in New Hampshire, sort of giving us the uh, New Hampshire Liberty Alliance roundup of some some early results that we're able to pull out in regards to how things are going as far as the liberty movement from the political side here in New Hampshire. Uh, obviously, we talk a lot about the non-cooperation and civil disobedience going on, but considering yesterday was the election, this is certainly an appropriate time to uh, to get an update, Dennis. So, wh- where else do we need to what else do we need to cover tonight? Well, I certainly think that having the free staters. In the House of Representatives is really going to mark a shift in terms of, you know, before the only free stater we had in there, there was only one of them. And now that we have at least five, it mm-hmm. looks like five, it's going to be a much more interesting dynamic in that that message of 
not just 80% libertarian, but libertarian libertarian yeah. is going to be coming from multiple people from multiple angles. That makes a big difference. Um, it, it does make a big difference that the nature of the Republican Party has swung fairly sharply um, in the libertarian direction because of this kind of influx. I mean, I was at uh, not the Republican Party, but like a, a splinter of the Republican Party, the Reagan Network, yeah. uh, last night doing you know during their election party, although it was more like an election morgue. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> election week. I'm looking around, and there's free staters all over the place. I mean, hmm. there are a few like old-time New Hampshire Republicans, but mostly it's free staters in the room. They're the ones who've been out really you know going to town and working. And a couple of uh, you know native people who are running for state reps. So right. that's pretty amazing. And then if I look at what's going to come up now, this is going to be the thing over the next two years. Um, some things are going to be hard, but some things are going to be good. I mean, if I look at where we can go on, you know, go and win on some issues, generally they're the police state issues. I think those are the issues where over the next two years we can gain some ground. Things like the drug war. I mean. As much as there's a lot of problems with what happened just now, I think medical marijuana, I am even more certain we're going to have at least that. Well, Massachusetts did one of the pieces of good news as far as uh, ballot initiatives. And there isn't much. There's not much. Uh, but Massachusetts did pass uh, the decriminalization, marijuana decriminalization initiative, which is a good sign. Uh, certainly, uh, hopefully, that we'll be able to uh, follow in those footsteps around here in New Hampshire. I think so. I mean, what what we've learned is that it's not a good idea to kind of mix things up too much so that the first year, if we can get through a medical marijuana bill, and then the second year tackle just the decrim bill, Mm -hmm. that looks very likely to work out pretty well. Um, Anything to do with just dealing with – see, the Republicans, you know how it goes. The Republicans love their bureaucrats to have guns. Yeah, yeah. Whereas – if the Democrats are in the majority here, all the way up down top to bottom, we can probably push forward pretty well with some, look, you know, the police were on my property and they got pissed off because I was recording them. I think we can make a lot of traction with that kind of BS. That we can fix. How do you feel, uh, Dennis, in regards to the Libertarian Party in New Hampshire uh, bombing out? As I understand it, none of their uh, candidates received the magic 4% level of voting that they needed to, or votes that they needed to gain a major party status in the state. Do you think that there's anything to be said for getting involved in the Libertarian Party at a state level, or uh, should the Libertarian Liberty activists in New Hampshire be focusing on infiltrating the Democrats and the Republicans? Well, I I almost have to recuse myself. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, I became the vice chair of the Libertarian Party in New Hampshire. So, personally, I think that the Libertarians in New Hampshire, what they ought to do is the brand name is there more than the Liberty Alliance. I mean, the average person living in New Hampshire might have heard of the Libertarian Party, and unless they're a real political animal, might not know about the Liberty Alliance. Mm -hmm. So using the LP as a brand name and getting more people involved is only a good thing. That that can't be a bad thing. But I really do see it more as a, you know, waking people up and getting the message out there. And yes, we can run candidates as LPers, but it makes a lot of sense to me. If I look at the results, we had some folks running as fusion candidates, Republican plus Libertarian. That's a good idea. And we had some running as just Libertarian. Or Democrat and Libertarian, the, sure. Well, in theory, there could be, but no one did. I think there should be. Um, I think that'd be a good thing. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think that be. I think and, that uh, sort of stuff helps build bridges and uh, helps people communicate on on various different issues and ideas. Especially when you hear, did you hear the interview with Naomi Wolf and Lou Rockwell from about a week ago? 
This Naomi Wolf person, I, I tell you, I, I can't decide if I kind of can tolerate her or if, like, if she came to my town, if I'd have to throw snowballs at the building she was in. <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of on the fence with you uh, there, too. I thought it was an interesting interview, but uh, I'm like, kind of left feeling a little icky. Well, what I got from it uh, is that I think that there are some bridges to be had between so-called progressives and libertarians, because I think a lot of the progressives don't know that much about economics, and I think that they've yeah. been thinking inside their little box, and they really haven't. They just want to help people. They want to help people. Yeah, yeah they're good people, but they, they just, they're a little bit misguided. Well, when I was standing out in the polls and I saw all these young people, I mean, the young people were so indoctrinated with the cult of Obama, but they were really active. They were mm-hmm. holding the signs and getting their other young people to vote, and... It it has got me like a fire bell in the night. My personal mission to a large degree is I have to turn on a whole lot of high school and college students to free talk live. Ah, I think it's a good idea. I've always found that young people are so receptive to the ideas of liberty, and it's easy to make the connections for them. I mean, it's easy to fill in the gaps, uh, the missing pieces that they need. They can add. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really, we, I think targeting them is very important, of course, uh, being able to reach out to them in various different ways. Uh, what do you have in mind as far as getting in touch with them, like talking to uh, various different history teachers or, or uh, teachers around the, the state and maybe trying to get yourself invited to, to speak? A couple of student groups have actually come forward and contacted the uh, Liberty Alliance. Oh, and I think that gives us a nice foot in the door to kind of get on the campus and yeah. do more outreach. But I think it's it's so easy because campuses are such kind of open places you could almost just stand out there in the quad with a bunch of CDs and get something done. I don't think we have to do all that much, but just Mm. focusing energy there, I think, is a great way to start growing some grassroots that will pay off in two or four years. You know, young people tend to gravitate toward the libertarian message. In fact, I always go back to that story that Gard told that time about going to high schools and speaking, and there'd be a Democrat, a Republican, and a Libertarian, which was him. And at the end of the day, when they were all done speaking, all the kids would be coming up to Gard. Sure. And the two Demo- the Democrat and Republican are standing there by themselves. Well, Jason uh, uh, Jason Osborne, one of the, the the main sponsor of the show, has suggested that we go on a college tour. I don't know how we would set such a thing up, and that sounds like a lot of work. I don't know how excited I am about riding around in a yeah. in, in a Winnebago with you. No, <laughs> I don't know about all that. I don't like going and out and doing work. Quick, uh, quick radio. Little, little you don't like going out. Um, uh, election story. So I'm standing there with my signs, and this guy walks up. I've never seen this guy before. This is like the third time I've stood out all day in front of an election in Concord in this particular ward. This one guy shows up. I've never seen him before, and that's something. And he's incensed, and he walks up to someone holding a bunch of state rep candidate signs who wasn't me, and he says, all right, are any of your candidates going to give me an income tax? And, and he was asking the Democrat, and, and the guy goes, um, well, you know, I, I, I have I – ha- and he's like, look, you tell me the truth, yes or no, income tax or no. And he gets more of a wishy-washy answer. He starts storming past me, and I go, all of my candidates have signed the pledge to never enact any broad-based <laughs> tax. He goes, thank you, walks in. Mm, nice. Well, Dennis, keep up the good great. work out there. I know you guys are uh, doing good work over at New Hampshire, uh, the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, nhliberty.org. People that have been sort of watching what's been going on here in New Hampshire really uh, should head over there and see how they can get involved. Even if they aren't in, uh, here in the state, they can help from the outside with uh, with contributions because it does seem like you guys are having some real success doing some excellent uh, outreach both to voters and to the, the people that have been elected, uh, the, the folks at the uh, the state house, and having some success that you can really point to and 
So congratulations on everything you've done so far. And I hope that you really managed to get that uh, the idea in gear about reaching out to young people. I'd be happy to make myself available as a, as a speaker for a speaker's bureau or something like that. So I thank you, Dennis, and uh, keep up the good work. Same here. Awesome. And to the people out there, you know, if, if you want to run and actually win, be a libertarian and win, you can come to New Hampshire. And we just had almost half a dozen people. Do exactly that. Absolutely. And you'll have plenty of activists to back you up, whereas when I was running a campaign down in Florida, it was me, the candidate, and whatever scragglers I could round up to assist with uh, the occasional whatever it is we needed to do. And it was not easy to get people to volunteer. Here you'll have your pick from the amount of activists that you want to be involved. There would be so many activists, you could turn some of them down if you didn't like them. Thanks, Dennis. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231, whereas where you are, you're surrounded by, in in many cases, a lot of very strange, awkward libertarians that uh, are not very effective. You'd rather not have them helping you, but you got nobody else. More on the way. It's Free Talk. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything. Just dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us on our website. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. We continue here a day after the election in the so-called USA, United States of America, which... Hopefully, at some point within the next four years, we'll not be so united anymore. Yeah, that'd be nice. Secession. Like to see that really talked about more seriously at this point. Um, yeah, I, what I was hearing about today was unity. Lots of lots of unity. Right from the Republicans. Uh, from everybody, yeah. and I just have no interest in, in unity. I'm sorry, I. Um, you know, like Rush Limbaugh was saying, and I, I guess I have to agree with him. I don't want unity with these these people, and in this case, these people being. Uh, uh, you know the 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 types that want bigger government right. i don't care whether it's uh, the the army or the the, the you know some kind of uh, welfare program yeah. or social security or uh, people that want to put bureaucrats in the borders or whatever. I'd like to point out that I was advocating for secession prior to the election. So whether it was Bush or Obama, uh, secession is the answer. And we need to get the hell away from this federal government. It's madness. It's insanity. It is not. It, it's in no way useful at all. It needs to be absolutely uh, ignored. And secession needs to happen. In fact, I think if anything, uh, from this uh, the election of Obama, what we might see is New Hampshire may actually secede faster than Vermont at this point, uh, because Vermont sort of have had some real secession momentum going during the uh, the Bush administration, mm-hmm. and now that might peter out a little bit. Yeah, there are guys in the White House now. So we'll see what happens there. But, you know, we continue the, uh, the post-election analysis as far as looking at it from a pro-liberty viewpoint. What does this mean for the future of liberty in America, uh, especially here in New Hampshire, where we're doing this show from? As you know, if you've been listening to this program for a while, just tuning in tonight, uh, we are uh, Free State Project members. All the three of us on this program tonight have moved to New Hampshire within the last few years as part of the Free State Project in order to be activists for liberty. We've seen some amazing success stories so far. We were just talking with Dennis Goddard from the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance a few moments ago about some of the uh, the political successes that have been happening here that you just can't see happening anywhere else. Even North Dakota. North Dakota. 
rejected an income tax repeal this year. Uh, Massachusetts, it went down in flames with 70% of Massachusetts voting to keep the state income tax. So, I mean, just with liberty dying all around the country, we're having some level of success here in New Hampshire. Just on a, I'm just talking about the political perspective. I'm not even touching on the exciting non-cooperation and civil disobedience activities that are going on here in New Hampshire as well, which are, is only going to result in more freedom. Obviously, we'll talk more about that at a later time, but more analysis here. We talked last hour about how Bob Barr, this more uh, statist, so-called libertarian candidate, this CIA agent, infiltrated uh, the Libertarian Party and got to be elect, uh, managed to be elected as its presidential candidate, barely did better than a libertarian, a real libertarian, Harry Brown did back in 1996. And that's with Bob Barr having access to an incredibly active internet population to campaign to. And the people that that, uh, yeah, right, the, the the whole Ron Paul campaign, you can't say that didn't give Bob Barr some kind of boost. It did to some extent, but that's where I wanted to go next. Bob Barr was an absolute abject failure, as I expected that he would be, and it's proof positive that getting away from a pure liberty message is a complete waste of your time and energy. The purpose of the Libertarian Party originally was to, to educate people and spread the ideas of liberty. Nobody ever really expected their candidates to win. It was not the purpose of running Libertarian campaigns. The purpose was to get people to hear the message of freedom. Freedom, which, of course, this show, I think, does far better than the Libertarian Party could ever hope to do. I think John Stossel and Penn and Teller uh, do that far better than the Libertarian Party could ever hope to do. So rest in peace, Libertarian Party. You're flipping useless. Uh, but let's go on and talk about Ron Paul, because he was a quite the wild card in the election season earlier on uh, this year, where he kind of stirred the pot a little bit. Uh, people were talking about Ron Paul to some extent. I mean, the media did their best to ignore him as much as they possibly could. But he did get into the debates, uh, and and he did raise more money in one single day than any presidential candidate has ever raised in the history of presidential campaigns. He raised more money total in his uh, primary campaign than many of the Republican candidates out there could raise. I mean, Ron Paul had $20 million in the bank at one point. It was a tremendous success story for the ideas of liberty. I mean, it really looked like Ron Paul had some momentum. It really looked like Ron Paul was being, you know, very influential over a lot of people that uh, he'd caught a lot of uh, attention. Yeah, you know, he's being interviewed a lot on television now, especially about his financial crisis. And and that's the most successful thing about that campaign, as far as I'm concerned. Sure. Oh, yeah. And the other thing is, I I believe, and I still do believe this, I stand by this, that he's the only Republican who could have beaten Obama in this election. I think you're right, but he didn't have a chance because uh, most people in America, number one, did not get to hear what Ron Paul had to say. And uh, so he was completely left out in the cold. The uh, party apparatus, the Republican Party apparatus, the good old boys, the established network, they did everything they could to keep Ron Paul out, to keep the Ron Paul activists out from their uh, their campaigns, to shut them down. They turned off microphones from the Ron Paul people at the at the uh, the Republican convention. Uh, and, th- and then, you know, there was one little indicator that I thought was really interesting – at the Republican National Convention, there was people that went there as Ron Paul delegates. It was their purpose to allegedly to vote for Ron Paul. But then we started hearing that they were voting for John McCain. And it was very confusing. What are these people doing? I thought that they were – I would think that if you're a Ron Paul delegate, you're like the most rabid, yeah. mouth-frothing Ron Paul advocate you could possibly find. But you're voting for McCain? Well, it looks like that's what they did on Election Day, too. 
because for for Ron, now, I'm not downing on Ron Paul. I think he's a hell of a nice guy, and I think he did an amazing thing this this year. It was an incredibly successful, liberty oriented campaign, and I think he probably opened a lot of people's eyes to a a, a fairly pro liberty message. However, as far as the results are concerned, at a national level, as far as the results in the presidential campaign are concerned, what happened? Ron Paul came out and he in- endorsed a candidate. At first, he wasn't going to. At first, he wasn't going to endorse any candidate. He was just going to promote all of the third parties. Third parties, yeah. All of the major third party candidates: Ralph Nader, Cynthia McKinney, uh, Bob Barr, and Chuck Baldwin. Then Bob Barr went and stabbed Ron Paul in the back because, well, he's a scumbag. Uh, Bob Barr, that is. Stabbed Ron Paul in the back. Ron Paul then decided to say, "All right, fine. I'll throw my weight behind Chuck Baldwin." And so much ado was made about this in the liberty community, you know, that uh, that oh, Ron Paul's endorsed Chuck Baldwin, this Constitution Party candidate, which, as we pointed out in the past, they don't really ad- adhere to the Constitution. They're, uh, they're sort of theocrat, moralists. They want to force their morals down people's throats. So Chuck Baldwin, no, nowhere even close to a Ron Paul. Uh, but nonetheless, he did get the endorsement of Ron Paul, which I would think would carry some weight. But let's look at the numbers, shall we? According to the results here at CNN.com, Chuck Baldwin, with 98% of the precincts reporting, got 174,712 votes. So over 174,000 votes for Baldwin. Now, Bob Barr, uh, by comparison, got close to 500,000. Yeah, that's like a quarter or less than... Right. And, but let's compare it to the past. Remember, uh, the last Constitution Party candidate did not have the endorsement of Ron Paul. So let's go back to uh, the year 2000, or excuse me, 2004, the most recent election, where Constitution Party Michael Perutka was uh, on the ballot and Chuck Baldwin was his running mate in that particular contest. Mm-hmm. In that election, the Constitution Party pulled in 143,630 votes. So 143,000 in 2004 compared to 184,000. So nearly no me, difference uh, compared to 174,000 uh, in 2008. So very little dis, very little difference, very little increase. The, you know, an increase of 10 well, or 20,000 people. What happened to the Ron Paul activists? I, they either stayed home, they voted for John McCain, or they voted for one of the other major this party candidates. This point has been made many times, and I think uh, very well by uh, Michael Medved, uh, and I think he's an extraordinarily intelligent man. Is there's never going to be a third party in America. It's just not going to happen. And it, 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 he's given lots of reasons. I can't reiterate them for you. Oh, they're entrenched. The, the two-party system is entrenched. They are entrenched. Monopoly. The, only way to get, you know, the only way to get anywhere is by getting into those parties. And Ron Paul proved it. It's going to be very, you can't do it. very difficult. The deck's uh, stacked. Especially the, the Republicans. I mean, there at, has never at been. least with the Democrats, uh, they allowed uh, Dennis Kucinich, who is their you know, black sheep, outsider, whatever, to speak at their convention. They didn't even do that for Ron Paul. They, they, they accosted the uh, well, Ron that's Paul. Dennis Kucinich got behind Obama, whereas Ron Paul would have not have been endorsing uh, their candidate. So even with Paul's endorsement of Chuck Baldwin, he didn't do that much better than they did back in 2004. So what happened to all the Ron Paul activists? Did they, they just voted, drop off the they radar? They voted for their candidate. Or did they Whoever vote for one of the major can- yes, party candidates? Or what happened to them? Anyway, 800-259-9231. It is just more evidence that the national level politics is completely futile it's a total waste of time money and effort and uh, i i think that well we have to address burnout coming up more on the way it's free talk live (laughs) 
This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy them all on us. Again, freetalklive.com. The features include the wiki with over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. Just head over to wiki.freetalklive.com and get interactive. wiki.freetalklive.com. If you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections, SACL CAI handles collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. Uh, SACL CAI's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com. They're so committed in uh, treating your clients with respect that they record every call so that you can listen to it later. And if you have any uh, complaints, they'll resolve them. SACL CAI. All right. We continue here and go to your phone calls about whatever you want. Obviously, we've been sort of wrapping up uh, the election, talking about what it means from a pro-liberty perspective, reflecting on various different aspects of what we've seen over the last year here, especially in regards to uh, the pathetic uh, Libertarian Party and uh, Ron Paul, who was not as pathetic. In fact, Ron Paul, of course, I think had some personal real success. Unfortunately, it all petered out at the end and didn't result in anything significant as far as results uh, in the in the full election. Uh, we continue here with your calls about what you want, and we talk to Paula in Florida. Paula, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, guys. Hey, Paula. Um, I want to talk to you about this election, too, and... Um We've got a problem. Obama is going to have to appear in court the 1st of December in the, uh, in the Supreme Court. Now, what's, that's, that's the, over the lawsuit over where he was born? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and I voted for Chuck Ball myself. And, uh, I mean, you know, Ron Paul told people to vote for him, so I did. Yeah, unfortunately, it doesn't look like very many people listen to him. Of course, I, I, I really mean unfortunately because I wouldn't want to see Chuck Baldwin be the president either, though he'd be yeah. better than Obama and better than McCain. He still is mm-hmm. uh, not somebody that understands liberty, and well, that's a problem. I just spoke with my cousin from Illinois, and he worked with a man that works with uh, Obama there in Illinois in the government, and he says he lies. He changes his story all the time. He says, I wouldn't buy a used car from him. Well, you don't get to be in the U.S. Senate without being able to lie and change your story all the time. But and, yeah. and I think most Americans inherently know that politicians are scum. But for whatever reason, every four years they they manage to delude themselves into believing that these two politicians or this one politician that I'm supporting is somehow different. He's going to change everything. Sounds which, like Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, to me. It sure is. Hey, Paula, thanks for the call. In fact, Wayne, didn't you point out that? Uh, that that Obama is, hmm, you know what, I space, don't know where I'm going with that. Let's go back to your phone calls and go to Frank in New York. Frank, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Ah, good evening, gentlemen. Hey, Frank. Hey, Frank. Um, two things I wanted to mention, but I, I'll go with the first, which is the most recent. You are right about the uh, two political parties in America and the fact that uh, in many ways they really don't represent uh, the consensus of uh, most people. What I wanted to say that is that in a small country like Switzerland with a population of about 5.9 million people, there are over 30 parties representing those 5.9 million people, and we're a nation of 330-plus million, and we have two parties <laughs> uh, that uh, are supposed to represent everyone. Yeah, and it's an interesting observation. It really is an illusion and it does not speak for democracy in any sense or a representative republic, at least the function of direct representation regarding the citizenry. I think it's the a good point, Frank. The comment I wanted to make, uh, when I turned on the computer and was listening to the comments about, uh, I guess, uh, certain states seceding from the United States, 
yes. uh, and going through the process. Uh, what makes you think that the federal government wouldn't come in and define that as sedition and you know, oh, I don't know. take over the property and arrest no, I don't know. the people that were doing that? Because I can't predict what they're going to do. I mean, I understand that governments are inherently violent, and that's certainly a possibility, but why would I care what they do? I mean, I don't really concern myself with what they might do, because if I was concerned about what they might do, I wouldn't be on the radio in 42 markets, or actually not 43 certainly. markets, uh, with uh, you know talking about these ideas. So in the same and way, if we're going point. to be seceding, right. if, uh, if there's some sort of movement for secession, I don't think that they should withhold that simply because uh, of out of fear of the fact of the uh, possibility that the federal government could roll tanks in and yes. uh, bring troops in, like we yeah. need to, uh, to push ahead with uh, for liberty and uh, the consequences be damned. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. The other comment I wanted to make that no one has meant, made regarding the secession is the fact that most states and their counties and municipalities have mutual or what is it mutual bonds on future construction that's tied into you know the debt structure. Uh, that allows for extensions of public schools, all sorts of different social programs, as well as probably, uh, you know, uh, other projects. But in a business sense, if, let's say, the state was to secede from the United States, all of those claims would, in a sense, have to be settled. And the government actually could come in just on the fact that there are mutual bonds municipal bonds uh, within, you know, that structure and uh, prevent that. No one seems to, to mention that when no. they talk about, you that's know, a good point. I, I, of any kind. I don't but know how it would be handled. correlation with the debt load that certain states and communities and municipalities have within that that would make that very difficult in a sense. I, I see where you're coming from, Frank. And, you know, I, I, I've never heard – I see where you're coming from. I've never heard it mentioned. It's a really great point. But it is. You know, the, it is. But I don't have uh, – I, I don't feel any obligation to the people that are running government to yeah, not, not ask debt. for my – not ask – not demand my freedom from them simply because they've gone out and gotten some debt in my name or yeah, in the city's problem. name or whatever. I, Thanks, I, Frank, for the call. I think okay. – I mean, yeah, I do appreciate him bringing that up. Yeah, it's a uh, great point. And we should also point out that there are other ties beyond uh, – you know what he's talking about with bond situations. There are other ties where the fe- uh, the federal government is giving grants out to various different cities, uh, city governments, and town governments, and and state governments. And there's a lot of money flowing into a lot of places coming from the federal government. And you can better believe that those city bureaucrats are not going to want to let their homeland security money go. For instance, that's one example of the many grants that they get. They're not going to want to let their EPA money go or whatever it is that they're getting from the federal government. You can go and get the comprehensive annual financial report and get a rundown of the various different grants that your local city government is pulling in from the feds. I mean, they're not going to want to let that stuff go. So nobody has ever said this is going to be easy. Whatever what you know, whatever ends up happening, it's not going to be an easy process, but it's one worth, I think, attempting. Well, you know, a lot of cities and states are going to be in serious financial trouble in the next few years. Why is that? Well, for the, the municipal bond market is going to be a mess in the next few years because of all the defaults. Uh, the big squeezes, even in New Hampshire, we're in relatively good shape uh, fiscally in this state. But even so, there's almost a $200 million shortfall, and they've cut about $100 million so far out of the budget, but there's still more to cut. 
and, and it's, it's going to get worse in the next few years. Now, you're talking about a deficit on the budget, which means that the budget-wise, the government is spending more than they're taking in as far as the budget is concerned. Tax but, revenues are plunging all over the country. But we're not talking also, I mean, you're not factoring in the comprehensive annual financial report into that, which actually, if you take a look at that, those numbers, from what I understand, it actually reveals that many of these municipal governments and uh, state governments around the country, especially the federal government, these guys have billions and trillions of dollars uh, on hand. They've got investments. I mean, the city of Keene, I think, has like $30 million in investments that returns them to over $2.5 million in interest every single year. Well, sure, I wonder, but, but, but I wonder they're how gonna, it's doing with the stock market right now. Uh, I don't know. They're, com- they're going to complain. Oh, my God, we need... I mean, that's what the, the whole plan is. Let's raise uh, spending so that we can demand an income tax. Here in New Hampshire. Yep, 800-259-9231. Well, you know, they can demand their income tax, but I'm not going to pay it. And I think that's the important part here, and it was something we haven't really touched on too much tonight, is the idea that if they keep expanding government, hopefully more people will just say, F you, I'm not cooperating, I'm not paying, I'm not obeying. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. They include live streams. We have a broadband version, a dial-up version, and a webcam version of the show, all totally free and available free to you at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. And want to invite you to the New Hampshire Liberty Forum. It's happening in early March here in beautiful Nashua, or Nashua, New Hampshire. That's not where we are, but we're in, we're in Keene. Anyway, here in New Hampshire, uh, the Liberty Forum happening. It's going to be a weekend-long occasion, Thursday through, I believe, Sunday. And a uh, lot's going to be going on. A lot of speak, uh, speakers, liberty-oriented luminaries are going to be present, uh, present, like John Taylor Gatto, uh, former presidential libertarian presidential candidate David Berglund uh, will be there. Richard Heller from the Heller versus D.C. gun case over the summer is going to be one of the keynote speakers. Glenn Jacobs. WWE's Kane is going to be speaking there. Free Talk Live going to be broadcasting live and hundreds of liberty-loving people. From around the country, many of them who are considering a move to New Hampshire and many of them already living here in New Hampshire are going to be present, enjoying the the, uh, the activities, enjoying one another's company, socializing, networking, having a little fun, doing a little partying, and uh, really having a great time together. It's really a lot of fun. It's a seamless event. Uh, they, they they do such a, a good job with this. Uh, Chris Lawless, who puts it together, he's a natural at, at this kind of thing, and it, it's great. It's really great. Well, he says it's, it's getting even easier now because people are actually approaching him and asking if they they can come and speak at the event so it's kind of kind of like in demand now which is really cool so it's going to be big you should be there if you love liberty and especially if you're considering moving to new hampshire as part of the free state project head over and get some more information and get signed up over at freestateproject.org slash liberty forum you definitely want to get involved now before the schedule of events is posted, because at some point the price is going to go up. At some point the early bird pricing is going to go away, and uh, so you're going to have to pay more if you wait longer. So make your plans now and use this discount code to save an extra 10%. 2009 FTL, that's 2009 FTL. That allows you to save 10% over at freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. Look, the Free State Project is your solution for burnout. 
Maybe you're feeling it right now. Maybe you are somebody who was really excited about campaigning for, say, Ron Paul or uh, or Chuck Baldwin or, or Bob Barr or something like that, and or maybe a local libertarian candidate in the state where you live and. It went down in flames. I mean, your yeah. your efforts went down in flames. You were voted out. You barely pulled 2%. Uh, you, maybe you pulled 0.5%. Who knows how bad it was for you. Uh, the experience, while it might have been a good experience in that you might have uh, gotten, you know, learned how to interact with folks, learned sort of a little bit more about the process, you're feeling burnt out. You're feeling tired. You feel like you've spent, you've been spinning your wheels. You feel like you've spent so much money and so much time and gotten so little return on investment. You're feeling frustrated. You just want to put it all down, give it all up, focus in on what's uh, what's right for your life. And I'm not saying you shouldn't do those things, but if you want to have another crack at it and you want to focus your efforts in a much more productive direction rather than trying the same old things in the political realm over and over again every two or four years, go to freestateproject.org and get signed up for the Free State Project and then get the to New Hampshire and get active here because as far as running political campaigns is concerned, you've got a much better crack at it up here where the districts are much smaller, there's fewer people to deal with, the bud, you know, the the, uh, the amount of money that you're after as far as the amount of money the representatives are paid is next to nothing, so you're up against really kind of political newbies for the most part. And there's it's a lot much more people. More possible. And, you know, another great thing about uh, this the, uh, the Liberty Forum that's coming up is that it's a great opportunity for people to come and sort of taste test uh, the the Free State Project, and the w- something that I've heard about recently, the Seasteading, this company that uh, mm-hmm. is putting a, a, a giant boat out in the water and people are going to be free on it or whatever, he's going to be there, and it seems like an in- it's the closest thing I've heard to the Free State Project as far as having some viability. Mm-hmm. He's going to be there, and you're going to have an opportunity to compare and contrast and see what's going to work for you. I think that the Liberty Forum is a great thing for people to uh, yeah. uh, you know check out New Hampshire. And uh, the Free State Project is a great thing for those of you who are out there who are saying, I've had it, I'm tired of uh, doing all of this political activism and getting no return on my investment, and just it's just sapping psychic energy, sapping your mental energy, and you feel burnt out, you want to give it all up, I say don't throw your hat out. I mean, don't take, it, don't take the hat off at this point. Get involved here in New Hampshire. And I'm not necessarily saying you should get involved in politics. I mean, I myself am pretty burnt out on the political scene. Uh, that's why New Hampshire, one of the reasons why New Hampshire is so exciting for me is because there's some wonderful civil disobedience and non-cooperation going on up here. We gave you one example of that last night where uh, Cooper Travis, one of our listeners on this uh, program, young guy, I think he's uh, 18 years old or something like that. He's around there. He uh, he was arrested for refusing to stop videotaping a cop that was harassing him on his own property. I mean, it's just wonderful how these folks are standing up for their rights in ways that you just don't see happening where you are. I don't I don't believe that, that this kind of activism is happening on a significant basis anywhere anywhere else in the country. And I'd love to be corrected if I'm wrong on that, but. I haven't been yet. The phones are open. If you know of stuff that's going on, we'd love to hear about it. 800-259-9231. It seems to me that all of the positive, liberty-oriented activism that's happening in this country is really focused right here in New Hampshire. I mean, the rest of the results have been absolutely abysmal, not just from a candidate standpoint, but also from a ballot initiative standpoint, with income tax repeals going down in flames in Massachusetts and even North Dakota. So the, the hope for liberty where you are, you need to stand back and take a real rational look at uh, exactly what happened and what your involvement level has been and whether or not you think it's worth continuing where you currently are. 
Or maybe you might think that, if you, especially if you've been on the fence about the Free State Project, maybe you might come to the understanding, come to the conclusion that being in, the, in a geographic location, being in the same place with other people that are like you, could really give you an advantage. It could really give the liberty movement an advantage. It could really result in having some success and actually achieving liberty in our lifetime. Or you can keep pining away and trying the same old things every every two years where you are. You know, I like that video that Dave Ridley did when you were building your house and he had the video crew or whatever out at your house and you were, and he interviewed you. Yeah. And you you started talking about what you liked about being here in New Hampshire. And one thing that really got through to me and made an impression is is besides your honesty at that point you said you know i don't have to explain myself to people they just you know we can just hang out we don't have to i don't have to be uh, feel like i'm a weirdo or something right I, today i was having a conversation at the, uh, the the local mailbox store where i have my private mailbox and everybody's talking about the politics today you know and i i slipped in my well hail to the new chief same as the old chief uh, thing yeah. and That's and uh, they agree but then you know they go talking about why they don't like the old chief and why they do like the new chief mm. and you know, I I don't want to get into it. I do this nah. I do this stuff My for bother. a living. I, I I don't want to create any problems or anything like that. I I have to get my mail here every day. I'm not going to mm-hmm. do that. I'm not interested in that. So, it's I I just listen. Um, I, when people... I noticed the mail clerk was reading a book about Chairman Mao. Yeah, that, that was interesting <laughs> too. So, uh, you know, it, I obviously to that person they're not they don't get what I'm saying. But the people yeah. uh, that are here in the liberty movement absolutely do get it. And even in general, the, the folks that live in New Hampshire tend to get liberty a little better than the, the people in the rest of the country. That's what it seems. I mean, Montana may be accepted, uh, or Alaska, I think some of the folks up there kind of get it. But New Hampshire uh, natives are relatively liberty-oriented, certainly in comparison to uh, Florida, <laughs> which is where I come from. Or Massachusetts. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, we continue. By the way, uh, I, th- I think the Free State Project really needs to focus on some outreach to the Massachusetts liberty activists down there. They spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on that income tax repeal effort. They spent all kinds of man hours working on getting that thing through. And it did worse this time than it did in the past. They had it on the ballot in the past, earlier in the decade. It got 45% in favor of repealing the income tax. This time they only got 30% in favor of repealing the income tax. So It looked like it it was going to go, maybe, but then the teachers' union, with all that money behind them, seemed like they spearheaded an effort to to fight them. The teachers' union fought them back uh, earlier in the decade too and so they did worse this time don't keep trying the same thing over and over again if you keep getting the same results or in this case worse results give up move on focus your efforts on something that it's going to be something different and the free state project in my opinion is the best solution for liberty in our lifetime do you disagree is there something else out there Uh, 800-259-9231 are you on the fence or are you somebody that's maybe jumping off the fence here tonight maybe looking back at uh, what you've experienced over the last year looking ahead as to what might be coming next and saying you know what i need to go and get involved in this free state project thing dial up tell us your story it's free talk live This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And uh, by the way, if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, we need your vote. And it's a vote that counts at podcastawards.com. Head over to podcastawards.com, find the political category. You'll have to scroll down quite a bit. Uh, it's the third category from the bottom of the page on the right-hand side. 
and uh, select Free Talk Live. Scroll down a bit more. Enter your name and email, or excuse me, it's your name. Yeah, I guess it is your name and email address. And choose one of the options. Click submit. Your ballot will be cast. You may uh, may be required to click a link in an email that they'll send you to verify you're a real person. But it's a very very fast process. You can probably complete it in oh thirty seconds to a minute. If you head over to podcastawards.com, voting for Free Talk Live either today and tomorrow or one or the other because uh, voting ends tomorrow. Uh, I believe it's like midnight Pacific time or something like that tomorrow night. So you've got a very limited time in which you can uh, vote for Free Talk Live before the voting window is closed. Please do it today and tomorrow. This is very important to us. I can't begin to stress to you how often I use. I mean, I use this every time I talk to an advertiser. I say, yeah, nationally syndicated on 42 stations, the number one political podcast. 43. Yep. Today, 43 stations and the number one political podcast on the Internet. Please. Go vote today. Go vote tomorrow. At podcastawards.com. Again, you want to choose the political category. Vote for Free Talk Live. Again, podcastawards.com. We continue with your phone calls about what you want. John is on the line in New York. John, you're on Free Talk Live. I figured it out, guys. I figured out how to win elections. All right. It's very simple. Okay, you're never going to get Democrats to vote for Republicans. You're never going to get Republicans to vote for Democrats. If you look at all of these uh, different districts around the People just vote exactly the same, time after time, almost regardless of who the candidates are. Um, so what you got to do is you just got to find out who the swing votes are and just appeal to them and then attack your opponent on whatever the swing voters care about and not worry about whether you're a Democrat or Republican, and that's it. I don't, I'm confused. I, I'm confused. Wouldn't you be running as a Democrat or Republican? Yes, you would. Uh, basically, if you some crazy reason want to, to get an office, yeah. you just got to find a district where Republicans and Democrats are fairly evenly de- uh, divided, achieve the nomination of either party, and then just locate those swing voters and pound those issues. I uh, I think the best solution is to infiltrate, as far as if you're going to do politics, as we discussed with Dennis from the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance earlier, when you've got enough activists, as we will have, we're beginning to have here in New Hampshire, you can infiltrate the local parties, take them both over, and then uh, run candidates on both sides of the coin. That way you've got your people uh, essentially on both sides of the election, and then that way either way the voters vote, they vote for a pro-liberty candidate. That would be the ideal situation. that's what the socialists have been so doing for have decades. To select, uh, you do have to select districts and select races, and uh, you, you need to pick those areas where there's a fairly even split between the two parties, and then just appeal to the middle. Because I, I look at you know guys like Charlie Rangel who have had you know horrible things come out about him here in in New York, and you know he got reelected with eighty eight percent. Wow, I mean, it's, just, it's just stunning. And, um, oh, yeah, he had uh, government-subsidized apartments that he had friends living in, all kinds of horrible things. Sure. And, you know, and, and look at look at John Sununu. All she did was hit him on a couple of issues that swing voters moved from one side to the other. Yeah, that's, and yet we have go. a lot of independent voters in New Hampshire as opposed to other places. It's an, it's an interesting uh, tactic. I thank you for the call tonight, 800-259-9231, for those who are uh, in the political realm looking to... Uh, have a little strategy, might want to consider that. But I do love the idea of infiltrating the parties. I think that is, you could really cause a ruckus by doing something like that, using their own apparatus against them. As you point out, Wayne, and you're absolutely right, it's exactly what the communists and the socialists have been doing for decades. They've infiltrated
infiltrated the Republicans and the Democrats, and they have... Uh, they infiltrated to the point that they are the Republicans this and is the true. Democrats. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So they win, and it doesn't matter who you choose. It doesn't right. matter if it's McCain or Obama. You get a socialist. So your flavor, you know, you get to choose flavors. Do you like national socialism or just plain old socialism? Marxism. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we continue here and talk to David, also in New York. David, you're on Free Talk Live. David in New York. Oh, he's gone. Excuse me. Let's try John in Winnipeg. You are on Free Talk Live. Hello, John. John. Hello, gentlemen. You're on the air. Yeah, so I hear what you're talking about, uh, the Free State Project and all that. But you know what? I, I want freedom now. You know, uh, a couple of quick examples. I was me looking too. at Google Video. They got a U.S. double soldier in Iraq hails Satan. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, and he's all proud. He's a hail Satan. He's screaming while he's uh, on his tank uh, killing these defenseless citizen families. And uh, it can't sell well to Christians in America, but I know there aren't too many that really believe in God and justice and a a better world through communicating uh, evidence to form our conclusions. But second Right, they believe that Jesus would kill uh, his opponents, apparently, is what many of these so-called Christians believe. Right, right. And second, um, Halliburton. You know, I know uh, you guys don't have a lot of time for me, or, you know, because your show is so fantastic. But, you know, Halliburton is a middleman that doesn't have to be there. Before Halliburton, it was the military's responsibility to have uh, uh, fuel transports, for example, that would go with the military convoy. Now Halliburton just comes in there as a middleman and says, well, we're going to do it for you. What we still have to have a... a a military tanker on the convoy, but they're going to take like 80% of the cash for themselves. And, I, and there's a documentary by Greenwald where he shows these guys, they're sending uh, dual-core P4 computers, you know, some of the top, top-notch top computers out to Iraq, and they're just burning them in a bonfire mm. because uh, they get paid, uh, you, they'll charge you, the American sucker, uh, whatever really they want to ship them out there, and then they just burn them in a pit. Well, this is the military-industrial no complex, and it's exactly how it works. I mean, the people who are in charge in uh, Washington, D.C., reward their friends, whoever they are, Republicans, Democrats, whatever, they reward their friends in industry with uh, sweet, sweet government contracts, and Halliburton's one of those companies that has been picked. It is one of the chosen companies, and it gets all kinds of stuff like that. You know, we had a story, actually, uh, talking about cutting out the middleman. It still doesn't matter. They still waste all kinds of money. There was a guy that called us a long time ago from uh, his experiences in the Navy, where every year they would throw tools off the side of the, the, uh, the ship that they were on. They would just throw brand new tools off the side of the ship so right. they could so, buy new ones. So the Halliburton right. thing's kind of a um, kind of smoke and mirrors. The fact is, it doesn't matter whether you get a middleman, which I agree with you, it's a middleman that we don't need, but it doesn't matter whether you get a middleman in there to, to uh, destroy the property. The military's going to do it anyway. The waste what we need to yeah. do is pull them in from 131 nations and 700 foreign military bases that we have uh, and you know downsize them completely and, and defend America from the, from the aggressive neighbors we have in Canada and Mexico. <laughs> Thanks, John, for the call tonight. We continue <laughs> Also, we're going to talk to Matt on the line in Illinois on the amp line. Hello, Matt. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, well, you were talking about what's going on in New Hampshire, and um, I wanted to relate a kind of frustrating story that happened with me last last night. Okay. I went to a bar, and they were watching the election returns. I was talking to this uh, gentleman next to me, and uh, he was very happy because Obama was winning, in Obama, and he had voted for Obama. And uh, I don't know how it came out, but I was questioning him why he voted for Obama. You know, along the way, he said, well, I'm voting for the lesser of two evils. And that got my goat, because here was this guy. He was obviously intelligent. And I said, you know what? I wrote in Ron Paul because I wasn't going to vote for anything that that I felt was evil. 
and you're voting for evil still. I says, why didn't you vote for a third party? Why didn't you vote for something that was other than evil? And he was obviously intelligent. He obviously got it, and yet he still voted for Obama. What well, was his answer? Well, wait, know, what was I his answer to you? I if he had voted for McCain, too, using the same reasoning. What, did he answer your question? Uh, no. Hmm. I, I, if he did, I didn't hear it because I got very upset and ended up having to buy him a beer and apologizing to him. Gotcha. So well, you know, I I don't have that big of a problem with it because everybody believes, and I think that it, you know, it's it's just true. We we have the choice between two crap sandwiches out there, and I I I understand where you're coming from on third parties. I think you make a, you know, I think you would have made a bigger statement in, in this election voting for a third party than you would have been being the, you know, just another one of the. I don't know if you would have made a statement. I mean, it really isn't making a, a statement. No, I'm not saying it's much of a statement, but a bigger you, one. You could feel better about yourself. Okay, I think that's the reason to vote for a third party if you're going but, to participate in. In a national election, voting for a third party allows you to not get blood on your hands as far as what the uh, Obama or McCain might have done uh, in regards to killing people around the world and continuing to throw people in jail cells for not obeying the state. Yeah, and if you don't yeah. vote, you're capitulating. And so whoever, basically you're not picking who your next ruler is, but at least if you go vote, you're making the pie bigger and you're throwing a mon- monkey wrench into the system a little bit because you're not voting for one of their candidates. So I think that has value. Well, I think... Um you know, when I was there, and I, I realized this when you were talking about New Hampshire, I was at this bar. It was mostly a Republican bar. Most of these people were Republicans. And I was keeping my mouth shut for most of the night. Mm-hmm. And when I started talking to this gentleman, I got a little frustrated. And I'm thinking if I had been in New Hampshire or any place where I wasn't the only person who, who you know, understands that, you know, that you're not voting for anything that, that has remotely anything to do with liberty when you're voting for the... Uh, it's a good feeling to be here States. and to be surrounded by like-minded folks. Matt, thanks for the call. Hope to see you here eventually. More on the way. Hour 3 is coming up. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And did you know that over 35% of IT admins admit to snooping through their boss's email? Shouldn't your business email be secure? PrivacyHarbor.com is an email alternative that's private and confidential, guaranteed. PrivacyHarbor.com, because normal email is not secure. So, all night tonight, it being the day after the election in the United States, so-called, we have been discussing the uh, the, the situation from a pro-liberty perspective. You know, what has happened over the past year? Uh, what about Ron Paul? What about the uh, the watering down of the Libertarian Party? What about, uh, are you feeling burnt out and what you can do? Of course, I suggest joining the Free State Project, getting up here to New Hampshire and getting active where you can actually make a difference. So, we've been over all kinds of stuff and, of course, been taking your calls all throughout. Uh, what are your thoughts? What are your reflections on what has already come and what will be coming down the pipe uh, with the election of uh, uh, Barack Obama, the, uh, the one of the two socialists that was running for president, uh, of course, the other socialist being John McCain? 
So what's going to be coming soon? Uh, your thoughts about what's next and what you plan on doing about it at 800-259-9231. Of course, it is Free Talk Live, and you can always bring up absolutely anything. We might check in with Larkin Rose here in a little bit and see what he thinks about the uh, the election results. But first, we continue with your phone calls and talk to Kevin in Tennessee. Kevin, you are on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hey, guys. What's up? Hey, what's on your mind? Um, I was calling to tell you about my protest in the election experience. Okay. I um I took a sign down to our town square that said if voting made a difference, they would make it illegal. <laughs> um, and I didn't really know what to expect to have happened, but um, I had a lot of old men get really mad at me. Um, I also wore a Guy Fox mask as well, and they got a lot of people called me a coward. Um, Interesting. And, got, and said that I should move somewhere where I can't vote and see how much I like that. Mm. And so I did that for about an hour or two. Um, and then I decided to go to the downtown part of our campus, where I go to school, MTSU, to see the difference in the reaction of people. And so while I was down there, most people, um, while I was on the square, it was just old men screaming and yelling at me. Wow. On campus, it was people came up to me and they, you know, they would ask, what does that sign even mean? I have absolutely no idea what you're trying to say. Yeah. Um, and I, I found out that it was a great opportunity to me to kind of explain, um, you know, the corporate and political merger and how, you know, Henry Paulson and Dick Cheney and how it's gone back and forth and Halliburton and all those things. And it really opened a lot of people's eyes, and I was really actually, um, I've been kind of nihilistic towards our entire country. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really rejuvenating to see all of these people that, you know, they said, after I said my whole thing about, you know, Ron Paul and how he really wanted to make change, and they just minimalized him in the media, and they didn't give him any money. And if you look at, you know, McCain and Obama and their top ten um, contributors, it's the same people. It's you know AIG, sure. it's Goldman Sachs. Um, and a lot of people said at the end, they go, I've never thought of it that way. And you're absolutely right. Um, I ended up having somebody from our campus newspaper walk by, and they came to actually come fight with me about it because they thought I was completely wrong. Mm-hmm. And after listening to me about it for five or so minutes, they, they totally agreed with me too. And they decided to do a whole article about it, and I got to write a whole essay that I'm sending in, and it's going to be there and published it in the school newspaper. And so... It was a really exciting experience for my first time being a political activist. Um, and that's about it. I just wanted to call and say that and say that I'm, you know, I'm really excited now and I'm planning at some point to move up there to New Hampshire and do this full time and Wow, that's great. I think that's fantastic. And I think that the uh, you know the more seeds you, you can plant, the better. And it sounds like that's what you were pretty effectively doing out there. And, and it also sounds like you were all by yourself, too. Did you have anybody with you? No, I had nobody with me. I was by myself. So that's pretty, that's pretty good right there. I mean, normally being alone is going to result in somebody just labeling you as a, a lone crackpot. Uh, and one of the nice things about being up here in New Hampshire is when you go out and you do things, you don't have to be alone. You can have other activists out there with you. And, of course, just having people there, that sort of tells people on a subconscious level, well, there's some sort of legitimacy here to what these people are saying because there's more than one of them. Uh, it just, it just makes, uh, makes people more receptive. I think, to what you're saying. Now, the other thing that you're going to find is that if you're in the place where you are today, uh, and I mean if you're not in New Hampshire, if you're in the place where you are today and you're doing this sort of outreach and you feel like you're reaching people, it can feel really good. This is something I experienced when I was doing Libertarian Party uh, outreach, doing uh, giving out the world's smallest political quiz, which people can take at quiz.freetalklive.com, which is why I was doing quite a bit of that down in Florida. And it would make me feel really good when people would come and they'd score Libertarian on the quiz and I'd, I'd give them some information. Uh, they, they'd actually purchase information from me because they were interested enough to learn more. Uh, they would get, they'd, you know, they'd walk away with a four-page 
brochure, 16-page brochure about freedom. Some of them would even buy a full book about uh, about liberty from me, and it was really an, an inspiring uh, kind of a situation to be in. However, it never really panned out to anything too tangible. I did under, uncover a couple really good activists as a result of it, but I mean, I, I had but to process through. They wouldn't have um, managed to turn into to much if it hadn't been for the Free State Project in the sense that yes, you're right. their, their, their activism would have been diluted. And... Those, both of those activists I uncovered are Free State Project members. One of them's already here. The other one's on his way, I think, sometime next year. Um, so, for the most part, it was a lot of spent effort and not a lot of return on investment because what you have, well, I think what the situation you have is even if you get some good information to these people, and even if they initially will respond to what you're saying, if they don't have people in different parts of their lives continuing, uh, continuing to sort of process, uh, you know, moving them along the process of uh, liberty or the path to liberty, planting more seeds down the line, then that, that first harvest is going to be kind of weak. I don't know if, you, if, I'm, if I'm communicating too effectively, but you know, you might have made a few good points, but if all they hear about liberty is your encounter with them, and then two years later, they're back right to where they used to be, where they're picking between two candidates, and they're, you know, that's all they're really looking at, and that's right. all they're thinking about. What's a change? You, know, you haven't done very much. So you know, you've, you've planted a few seeds, but that requ- you know, those seeds require water. They require fertilizer. They require care. They require constant uh, attention. You've got to root out the weeds. That's sort Sort of thing, and so it's really a constant process that I think you can only really effectively accomplish with these regular people when you have multiple activists doing multiple things that you aren't even necessarily tied in with, where you can have people out there doing civil disobedience, bringing attention to issues, non-cooperation, the political activists out there as well doing things, having media, Liberty Media, which is another important part of what's going on here in New Hampshire, is there's, of course, Free Talk Live, we've got Free Minds TV, uh, there are newspapers up here being run by Liberty activists, so so not only then would you be uh, planting those seeds yourself, but also as they're walking downtown, they could be picking up a newspaper that is also going to uh, sort of uh, fertilize those seeds and help people expand their ideas of liberty. So while I, I, uh, I'm not trying to you know, take a crap on what you did, I think it was excellent. It's, it's excellent experience, number one, just for you as an activist to get out there in front of people, uh, to be extroverted, to reach out, to give people information, to ask them questions, to talk to them, to develop your communication skills. I just don't know if it's ever going to really blossom into anything long term where you are, and that's why I'm very pleased to hear that you're planning on coming to New Hampshire. So congratulations on uh, making all those efforts. It really does make a difference. I think if not for them so much, it might make a little difference for them. But for you and your ability to be an activist, I think it's important experience to uh, to gather even while you aren't in New Hampshire. That way, when you come up here, you can actually say that you've you know you've gone and you've done a few things. You can uh, you can learn from your mistakes and uh, be a better activist when you get to New Hampshire. Oh, you're absolutely right. And I actually just plan to do it to ruffle some feathers. I wasn't trying to, to change anybody's opinions, and so I was surprised by the reaction. And I, you're absolutely 100% right. And y'all are doing the best thing possible, and I thank you for all of your hard work. And Thanks, Kevin. I love your radio show. And Thanks for going out there and doing that today, Kevin, yeah. yep. yesterday. Well, appreciate hearing from you. We'll see you in New Hampshire. Thank you for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. Well, it's nice to be appreciated by some people. I got a nasty email uh, from someone today. I'm not going to read the entire thing because he has not responded. Uh, but the suggestion was that we have apparently ruined the movement. Now, I'm not sure which movement it is that uh, we've ruined, but I'm, I'm presuming he means the libertarian political movement in general. I guess worldwide, maybe on a nationwide level. I, I'm not really sure, but apparently we've here on Free Talk Live. We are such a powerful, influential uh, radio program. 
amongst the libertarian uh, community, we've uh, ruined the entire movement. Well, um, you know, radio, radio is a very personal medium. People uh, interact very personally with the uh, with the hosts. Even though I don't know who you are, you believe you know me really well. Mm-hmm. And uh, in, in this uh, gentleman's case, we do, in fact, um, know him. And I, I think he's just upset. You think he's just political sour milk? Just that he's taking it out on us? Yeah. You know. 1-800-259-9231. Hey, if that helps you feel better, you can rail against my show. Whatever. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. We'll talk. Uh, we'll check with uh, Larkin Rose here in a few moments, see what he thought about the election, and you can take control of the airwaves, bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. And they include the bulletin board system. There's an awful lot going on there. Over 400,000 posts from serious issues to fun stuff. Enjoy it all over at bbs.freetalklive.com. Totally free. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. There's a new online store featuring whimsical and decorative knobs and poles. It's open for business. It's funknobs.com. It's catered towards customers looking to give the kids playroom or the kids' room or the bathroom or even the kitchen a unique and fun flair. It's funknobs.com. You know, this might make a good little Christmas gift for uh, the, the, the kids. You know, you can decorate their room for Christmas. Funknobs.com. It's a creation of the parent company, internobs.com. Online since 2004. Oh, by the way, uh, Mark, you reminded me during the break that it is Guy Fox Day. I did recall that earlier, just I, I didn't take notes and I had not yet had a chance to mention it. So, happy Guy Fawkes Day to everybody out there. Boom. Yeah. All right. There you go. Um, and, you know, celebrate Guy Fawkes Day by doing something different Boom. and uh, going and joining the Free State Project. Do something peaceful. Do something nonviolent. Uh, do something Please. that's going to uh, peacefully increase liberty and join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. I think that that is something that people who are burnt out on the uh, the system, the political realm, should really be seriously considering right now instead of considering dropping out and doing something else. Uh, come on out and do something else here in New Hampshire and have fun with us because there's a lot going on. And I think next year is going to be a big year for people moving into New Hampshire. Uh, we've got more new people coming in all the time. And really, at some point, we're going to get to a critical mass of movers, and that's going to be a lot. I think that's going to be pretty exciting, at least or a hell of a lot more than we have right now. So, freestateproject.org. Let's check in with Larkin Rose and see what he has to say about this whole election nonsense. Larkin, of course, uh, for those of you that don't, that don't know, uh, is, a, is an author and uh, famous sort of tax freedom advocate who's spent a little bit of time in federal prison for his advocation of uh, not paying income taxes and uh, living as a free man. He's uh, become even more uh, pro-freedom, pro-liberty over time. He's also a Free State Project member. He has not yet moved to New Hampshire, however. Uh, with that in mind, we check with his email here uh, entitled, Hooray for Obama! I must admit, says Larkin, I'm a little bit happy about Obama winning the election. No, it's not because I'm all googly-eyed over his message or because I think he's the country's salvation. Quite the opposite, in fact. I'm glad he won because I think it will speed up, if only by a tiny fraction, the demise of the United States empire. Good riddance. If you had a dog and it had rabies staggering around, frothing at the mouth and trying to bite everyone, would your goal be to prolong its life as long as possible or to put the thing out of its misery? However much you once cared for it, the only humane thing to do is to shoot the dog. 
Likewise, a lot Shoot of the people, dog. Likewise, a lot of people know full well that the Great American Experiment has failed. It had a pretty impressive start, but it's never going back to anything resembling a free country. It's an empire now, a tyrant's playground. It has nothing to do with individual liberty and everything to do with dominion and control. So why drag out its demise any longer? Even if McCain is a bit less socialist than Obama, what good would it have done for him to win? Would he turn things around and start the country on a steady swing back in the direction of a limited constitutional republic? Not a chance. I don't think I know anyone stupid enough to think that. So what's the best a McCain presidency could have accomplished? To perhaps delay the demise of the empire another few months or even a few years to be overly optimistic about it? Why bother? Is it the goal to put it off until until it's your kid's problem or what? Our political system has rabies and there is no cure. Let it die. Shoot the dog. In fact, help it die. I hope Obama passes every socialistic program and wealth redistribution plan he can think of. And he can, because the Democrats have total control of Congress. And then I hope the American people refuse to comply. I hope he outlaws private gun ownership completely, and I hope the American people refuse to give up their guns. I hope he nationalizes all health care, and I hope a black market in health care springs up. I hope he outlaws private possession of gold, and no one hands theirs over. I hope he keeps the warmongering going, and Americans refuse to sign up, and people are already in the military and uh, people already in the military in droves. I excuse me, resign in droves. I hope he continues the tradition of the government doing the bidding of the bankers and the Federal Reserve, keeping everyone in debt and constantly defrauded through the fiat currency system. And I hope the dollar collapses and people start using something else, like silver and gold. I hope he raises taxes through the roof, and I hope people refuse to pay them. I hope he pushes his nationalist, socialist agenda just as fast as he possibly can, and I hope Congress helps him do so. And then I hope that the spirit of resistance comes back to life in this country and lets the beast die under its own weight. Every time I bash the cult ritual of voting or point out how crumbly or crummy one candidate or another is, lots of people ask me, well, what are we supposed to do? You're not giving any solutions. Let me say this very bluntly. The way to end tyranny is not by voting or petitioning or running for office. The only way to end tyranny is by disobedience. Whether by revolution or by passive resistance, the only thing that's ever reduced oppression is a bunch of people refusing to do what authority told them to do. Of course, that's risky and illegal, and so most people will never dare to do it. At least not until things get really bad, and that's why I want things to get really bad. Maybe then the American people will grow a spine and stop all this pathetic groveling to politicians. From Larkin Rose, who has a new book out called Kicking the Dragon. You can get that over at kickingthedragon.com. In fact, Wayne, was that the one you were reading, or you were reading a different Larkin Rose? I was book? reading the one about how to be an effective tyrant. How to be a, yeah, a successful tyrant. Successful tyrant, yeah. Did you finish that yet? I, you know what? I've got two chapters ago. I just I forgot I had it. We're, I've got it. I can I can finish it up quickly. I would like to talk with him about that book. Yeah, we're really going like to get him it. on the show here at some point uh, when when you wrap that book up because I haven't had the chance to. I'm still in the middle of uh, Complete Liberty by Wes Bertrand, which I'm slowly uh, sort of moving through. But I, it's an interesting point, and it sort of echoes what we've heard uh, before on the program, the idea that, well, maybe the, the growth of the state should be sped up. Uh, I mean, as you said, Mark, you can't really 
cheer cheer it on necessarily. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't feel right about doing that. But at the same time, I feel as Larkin does, like, you know, I'm glad Obama won and I'm glad the Democrats are in full control because now it's full speed ahead as far as socialism is concerned. And maybe some people will be uh, will be inspired to move to New Hampshire, join the Free State Project and inspired to refuse to obey and refuse to submit and to stop begging and stop using the system to try to fix the system because it's flipping impossible. They've made it that way. The system is designed to be insulated from outside forces coming in and upsetting the apple cart. That's right. You know, More it, so on the national level. Yes. You know, it's it, it, interesting that he brings this up because I was thinking the same thing. And I thought about it in terms of Aikido and Jiu-Jitsu because if somebody's pulling you a certain way, what you do is you don't resist them and pull mm-hmm. the other way. You go with them to a point where you throw them off balance and then you can control the whole interaction. So that's kind of what he's implying here is, is he wants it to go that way so that it can be thrown out of balance because people will get upset and then they, they won't participate in the system. So it will collapse. Correct? That's Yeah. I, I, well, I mean, well, whether it collapses or not, what I think is important is that people will be driven to the point of refusing to obey. And I think that's the most important factor. And I think we're seeing some of that going on here in New Hampshire, and I think it's going to escalate. I think more people are going to join in as we see as we see more success. We've already seen some success uh, with some early instances of civil disobedience and non-cooperation. And I think we're going to have more people emboldened by that early success. They're going to join in. Mark is uh, a bit of a, uh, a negativist on this. He's, uh, he's predict- being a bit negative on this. He's predicting that there's going to be some sort of uh, violent crackdown on the part of the state in regards to non-cooperation. But, you know, if that's what they want to do, that's fine, because then we'll just get more people here and getting more people active. Step three for Gandhi is then they fight you. That is true, but yep. that is just what Gandhi said. More it's on the way. You can take control. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can dial in and bring up anything. And, of course, uh, it is the day after the election here in the so-called United States. And we're reflecting on what has happened in the last year, what's coming soon. Of course, uh, as far as what's coming soon, it seems pretty obvious. Whatever they want. I mean, they have, the uh, the Democrats have total control, as the Republicans had total control. We saw when the Republicans had total control, they didn't do anything to reduce the size of government. They increased it far greater than uh, some of the Democrats could possibly have ever dreamed. Uh, so what will the Democrats do when they have total control? Only time will tell, but I think it's not too unsafe to go out on a limb and predict, oh, national service will be instituted, which, of course, John McCain would have instituted that, too. It's just that I think that we'll see a national service that's a little more, oh, I, I guess, civilian based, I guess you could say. Obama's been promoting the idea of creating a civilian national service program that will have as the same size and expense. Civilian defense or something he said in the the, the speech that I was listening is civilian defense force that's as powerful and as well-funded and as large as the military. Those are the three adjectives that he used to describe that uh, force. Does that scare anybody? Hold on. Where are they they going to use this civilian uh, defense force. What's it going to be for? On the streets of America, perhaps? Uh, What are they going to defend against? Phantoms? Until they can (laughs) find what? Protesters? Sure. Uh, Whatever? Non-cooperatives? Disobedience? Forget Fourth Amendment and all that good stuff. 
So, uh, so that's coming, and of course, eventually they're probably going to make it mandatory for uh, for people, or who knows what they're going to. Of course, uh, universal health care also a possibility, but of course, in order to have universal health care, we'll probably have to have a national ID card. They've, of course, the national ID card plans have been in motion for years now uh, since the Bush administration. So it's like you said earlier, Wayne, they're going to build off of the uh, the police state structure that the Republicans have created. They're not going to reduce the police state. It's only it's only going to to increase. There's still plenty of uh, boogeymen out there for them to supposedly be going after from the drug dealers to the terrorists to the immigrants uh, and then of course the non-cooperatives may become something if they if they actually do bring back the draft then uh, a lot of people aren't going to want to go they're not going to want to join the national service program and they're going to non-cooperate and they could be thrown in jail cells for it so who knows what's going to come out should be an interesting four years no doubt about that hopefully we'll be able to secede before it's all said and done with but your thoughts at 800-259-9231 in fact we can get to a, re- a real issue here we've sort of been just reflecting and recapping and and analyzing the uh, the election there's a real issue, a lot of real issues to talk about and we never have enough time to talk about them all but there's a big story out of Washington DC that's uh, in regards to the transit system. We'll give you that update here in a few moments but let's go unscreened to the amp line. You are on Free Talk Live. Hey guys. Hey, who's this? This is Dale in New Hampshire, hey, in New Hampshire. Dale, what's on your mind? Dale from uh, anarchyinyourhead.com. Yeah. What's on your mind tonight, so, As you know, uh, you were with us. We did the uh, Volunteerism Outreach on Election Day. That is correct. We were at uh, – what we did was we spread out to two different locations here in Keene. We had about six people, and uh, I had suggested that we probably should go into two groups of three rather than three groups of two simply because having more people is a very good thing as far as if you're going to be doing things that could upset the powers that be. You want to have people around. You want to have as many video cameras and audio recording devices as possible. And I think it was. It ended up being a good choice. Uh, but go ahead with what you were going to talk about. Yeah. Well, um, first off, I thought it went really well. We handed out a lot of flyers, and uh, I think we had some really good dialogue with a lot of people. And uh, the reaction was generally pretty friendly and polite. Um, you know, a lot of you know people disagreeing with us and wanting to argue with us to, to an extent, but um, no more than I expected. And uh, I didn't, you know, let them distract me from doing what I was trying to do, which was to reach a lot of people and get mm-hmm. a lot of information out. But I uh, just did have one encounter that I thought was particularly interesting. Uh, this one guy who was holding signs. Uh, there were a lot of people holding signs, people running for office. And I was having a chat with the guy who was running for office, a very friendly chat, actually, just kind of talking about politics and, and our views and stuff. And, and this other guy said he recognized me from court. And I said, yeah, you, you may have seen me in court. It seems like a polite conversation at this point. You may have seen me in court. You know, I've been there to support some friends and things like that. That's the only reason I've been in court. I haven't had to go to the King Court for myself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he said, yep, I'm looking forward to handcuffing you myself. Oh, wow. What a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean, I was really shocked at this point. I'm like, what? What in the heck could he be talking about? You know, the only time I've been in, the only reason I've ever been in court was to just show up for and for moral support for friends. You right. Know? Well, you were. Yeah, but and, that's just it. And they know uh, that we're all there together uh, to back up the uh, the activists that have been doing non cooperation. I remember when I was there for the hearing that they scheduled that I uh, that I vi- paid a visit to the court for uh, last month. As people were walking out, they overheard some, uh, one of the guards, the bailiffs, maybe it was the same guy, I don't know, I didn't see uh, who it was, but they heard one of the bailiffs say, I just think we should throw them all in jail. Yeah, yeah, this, must, this might have been the guy. And I, that's what I was thinking, this guy's probably a bailiff in the King Court. And uh, I'm, uh, I think I'm sure I'll recognize him. He was kind of tall, he was an older guy with gray hair. Um, and uh, 
So I I, uh, I kind of raised my voice, not like angrily raising my voice, a little bit angry actually, but just I wanted everyone sure. to hear the conversation around us because this guy was threatening me. And I said, excuse me, you're going to handcuff me? What for? You're going to arrest me? What would that be for? You know, mm-hmm. and uh, well, what law have I broken that you're going to arrest me for? Or do you just arrest people because you don't like them? Has it worked that way for you? And uh, he kind of got his voice stayed really low at this point. You know, I'm trying to make sure everyone hears the conversation he's having with me. And he's trying to keep it quiet. And of course, at some point, I started to take my camera out, and he shut up and turned around. And he said, "Put that away." And I realized he wasn't going to say anything more at that point. So, um, but uh, I kind of wish I'd gotten some on camera anyway, just to kind of get his visage on there and everything. But, um, but yeah, it was just kind of interesting. I think he was just trying to intimidate me. Absolutely, I mean, that's what's going on. But... He was he was speaking low <laughs> in a menacing tone, like he's some kind of TV yeah. bad guy. If I get you mm-hmm. alone, Mr. Everett, I'm going to yeah, slap the cuffs on you. Yeah, and I just basically, I wasn't, wasn't going to do that. I was like, I was speaking really clearly and in a real clear, loud voice where everyone around me could hear, and I was repeating the stuff he was saying in a nice, low voice. I'm <laughs> like, excuse me, you're going to handcuff me? You're going to arrest me? What would that be for, you know? <laughs> so... This is um, one of those situations yeah, where think... you, uh, you know, you didn't have quite the presence of mind to remember to grab the recorder and start it earlier on in the conversation. It can be difficult to remember those things, which is one of the reasons why having yeah. multiple people around can be helpful, uh, because somebody else might be standing next to you who might think, oh my gosh, I need to record this, because they're not engaged in the conversation and their brain can be focusing on other things like that. Um, and I think having other people around in a situation like that, especially when you're dealing with a violent or a potentially violent bureaucrat like that, really important to have some numbers on your side so uh so i guess were there other people there at that time or you guys spread out well uh the other guys weren't close enough to hear me they were on the other side of the there were two sidewalks that came together up at the building and we were on either either point and so to cover both entrance entryways you know and so they didn't hear it go on Uh, several people around me did and the guy i was chatting with who was running for office heard it all and he said god that guy sounds hostile yeah it's pretty yeah he sure does sound hostile and i said you have to say something like you're going to see yourself on the stand and uh, I'm like, oh, really? What's that going to be about? And he's like, you'll see. Mm. How again, intimidating. Just sort of a low, intimidating voice. You know, so. we're not scared, though. I mean, they can try all this crap and all these intimidation tactics uh, and throwing a bunch of uh, charges at us. And Isn't and, that nice? This government that's here to help you is, yeah. uh, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's uh, some of the agents thereof are trying to intimidate people that have done right. harm to no one. And now they want me to pay property taxes? Boy, am I about sick and tired of this crap. Uh, you know, one of the things I thought was interesting, and I've actually got some audio from what happened, because uh, you guys were at one voting location. And uh, myself and a couple other guys were over at a different voting location, and we actually had an, an encounter with the police because we were right up by the front door, and they did not like the fact that we were up there. Uh, the various different voting bureaucrats came out and, uh, and told us we needed to go over there behind that white line. We need to go over there. And, of course, we uh, had you know asked them lots of questions that they didn't really have the, the, the best answers for, and they ended up going in calling the cops. Three squad cars came out, uh, and I've got some of the audio from it, but I just haven't had a chance to to cut it up, so I don't really want to get into too much detail until I actually have the audio to play. However, what I thought would be interesting, I mean, it's, it's a tough decision to say, well, should we split up or should we all stay together? We ended up splitting up into two groups of three. We had six people, but it would have been interesting to see how the dynamic of the interactions with either the, the angry man that you were referring to or the actual uh, three cops that ended up showing up, it would have been interesting to see how that dynamic would have changed when we would have outnumbered them, uh, whereas in this particular case, we did not outnumber 
remember them. Whereas if we had all six people in one place, things would have played out differently and it would have been very interesting, which is why we need more people to get here to New Hampshire as soon as possible and start getting active because the more people we have, the more our opportunities uh, opportunities expand and the more impotent the state's going to become. Absolutely. Thanks, Dale, for the call tonight. Anarchyinyourhead.com is his comic strip. Check it out more on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything if you dial toll-free. Even in these remaining moments, enough time for your call if you make it now, 800 259 9231, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Plus, you need to know about the Institute for Humane Studies and how they're offering free seminars over spring break. This March, you can join other libertarians from across the country for an intense and interdisciplinary exploration of classical liberal and libertarian thought. Participation is free. IHS provides housing and meals during the conference. Apply now to attend a seminar at the University of California, Santa Cruz, March 7th through the 12th, or at Emory University, March 14th through the 19th. Visit LibertarianSeminars.com for more information. That's LibertarianSeminars.com. So, uh, let's talk about a little news item here. It's certainly not a news show. It's a show about anything, and you can always call in about whatever, but as long as the phone lines are dead... We'll bring up what's interesting to us, and I think we've I think we've about hit all the uh, the bases as far as the election coverage uh, tonight. So, I mean, am I wrong, guys? Did, was there anything else you guys wanted to throw out there as far as thoughts or whatever about the election Blah. and what's coming next? Blah. Guess not. All right, so here's the story out of the Washington Post, because we still have a police state to deal with here, people, and uh, it's it's actually a, a very similar story to one that we read, I don't know, about a year and a half ago. Uh, this this essentially is a, a, a virtual carbon copy of what has happened in New York City, because remember, as we've pointed out so many times, government bureaucrats, they will break their own rules. They will uh, create new programs and pass laws that are quite in contradiction to all of the other things that they've said and what their constitution say and stuff like that. So clearly their own rules don't matter to them. So they break their own rules, and then if they get away with it, it's not challenged in court and overturned, you see other governments, uh, the other people calling themselves governments around the country, picking up those ideas and then attempting to apply them where they are. And that's what's going on in Washington, D.C. right now, where Metro officials, according to the Washington Post, have announced plans as of a few days ago to immediately begin random searches of backpacks, purses, and other bags in a move they say will protect riders and also guard their privacy and minimize delays you know they're going to minimize delays by randomly stopping people and searching them (laughs) well anyway the program's modeled after one that began three years ago wow it's been three years since then i thought it was a year and a half time flies anyway uh the uh, the program in new york has withstood legal challenges so see what they do they wait it out. They they eyeball the uh, the bureaucrats that have sort of taken the risk and have stepped out and violated their own laws or whatever, and they're creating some new police state program. They make sure it's okay, and then they step out and they do the same exact thing. However, experts say it's difficult to measure the effectiveness of such searches beyond assuring the public that the police are being vigilant. You know, some people might call that security theater. New York officials declined to say what they've found in their searches. That's not a good sign, right? Not besides a bunch of drugs. Uh, none of the other transit systems conducting random searches have found any explosives, say officials. Metro officials said the program was not in response to a specific threat, but prompted by increased security concerns before the election and the inauguration, as well as by the terrorist attacks on, in 2001 and bombings of commuter trains elsewhere in the world. 
Although Metro Police said the program will begin immediately, they wouldn't say which of their 86 rail stations or more than 12,000 bus stops will be subject to inspection on any given day. Now, that's a little different. They, uh, they're expanding out. It's, it's not exactly the same program as it was in New York because it was my understanding that in New York it was only going on in the subway system. So it sounds like in D.C., if you're at a bus stop you could be subject to a random search. Now, how many bus stops are there in uh, Washington, D.C.? I'm, I'm kind of interested on in that. Uh, you know, if you're at a bus stop, can't you just walk away from the bus stop? Like, if you're in a subway station, they say, I'm, we're going to search you. You're kind of in a line. You've been yeah. cattle-shooted in. Sure. You've gone through the, the stairwell down into the, uh, the, the, the subway area. You've gone through the turnstile. You're stuck. You're getting searched. Sure, you could walk away, but uh, you know how most people are very obedient they've been trained to be obedient if somebody in a uniform comes up to the average american and says excuse me sir i'll be needing to search that I, I, can i i'll be can i ask you to search your bag what, what's the phrase they would use it would be uh, i'm going to have to ask you i'm to going to have to ask that's what they like to say i'm going to have to ask you to uh, to search your bag and of course most people don't they're just going to hand it right over they're just going to fold and they're going to hand it right over uh, and so it's going to it's going to start happening at bus stops. On some days they say there might be no inspections; others there might be several. Fifteen officers have been trained to perform searches, and more will be trained. Say officials. Checkpoints will be set up at metro facilities, and passengers will go through inspections before entering a rail station or boarding a bus. The random searches will focus on detecting explosives, and it's likely that some riders will have their bags inspected before next Tuesday's election. Uh, let's see here. According to the story, blah, 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 transit police will only inspect areas of bags that are capable of concealing explosives. Police will not be viewing the content of papers or other reading material, but if illegal items such as drugs are found, they'll be confiscated as evidence and police will cite or arrest the individual. Those who refuse to have their bags searched will not be allowed to enter. Transit police will not arrest people who refuse to have their bags inspected. Today. Yeah, right. For now, they won't. <laughs> exactly. Now, I'd like to point out that the good folks over at Bureaucrash are advocating. They've begun a campaign uh, that is advocating resistance, uh, as had as we saw happening in New York. I don't believe it was Bureaucrash that was behind it at that time, but people began wearing T-shirts that said, I do not consent to your search, uh, things like that. And uh, they're advocating that folks get out there and refuse to consent. Go on the subway, go on the uh, you know the, the buses, and do not allow these government bureaucrats to have their way with you. Refuse to consent. And I think it's an excellent way for people to, again, take those sort of baby steps into the realm of non-cooperation, which is what I've suggested before. Because nobody can go full bore into uh, the, the, that particular world. It also makes some of the other people who are who might be apt to cooperate see that there's other people who aren't and might embolden them too. Absolutely, I, I highly recommend this uh, non-cooperating with this because it's and you don't have to. This is something in D.C. and I mean this 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 for everybody listening. Try to do as. As much non-cooperation as you feel comfortable with. You know, if you've got a family and you don't want to put your house on the line, then don't do things that are going to put your house on the line or get your kids stolen from you. But there's got to be some areas in which that you could possibly non-cooperate. And this is one of those. Uh, this is an easy one. You're out on the street. They're going to ask you to search. They're going to be very intimidating. But if you continue to say no and stay strong, you'll probably get through it relatively unscathed. Scathed. Now, remember, there is the chance that you could be arrested, even though they claim they're not going to arrest people. 
people. Anytime you refuse the government's demands, there's always the chance that a cage could be wa- uh, could be waiting for uh, for you. In which case, you then have more opportunities to non-cooperate should you decide that you want to at that point. <laughs> yeah, once you're once you're in the cage, that non-cooperation stuff. It's a really bad idea. Well, I don't know if I agree with you, Mark. Uh, I think that as far as if you aren't, I mean, if you mean like they're carrying you around a la Loring Canario, wherein you will not even go to the places that they demand that you go voluntarily. Yeah, if you're a, if you're a male, you could have a, a truncheon taken well, to your head. They, but, they've made it tough on Lauren Canario, too, giving her no clothes, keeping her in the uh, yeah. the loony bin, turning the air conditioner down as low as it'll go. They didn't beat her to a pulp like they would have if she'd yeah. had a Y chromosome, but they've made it really, really tough on her. Well, and it would only get worse. Well, I, I see where you're coming from, Mark. And Sitting I think there that, in a paper suit and in a concrete cell with right. the air conditioner turned down to 50. But at the same time, I don't think you want to consent to their process. I mean, if you've been arrested for something asinine like that and they're saying, well, we'll let you out if you just sign this piece of paper and uh, signing a piece of paper is an entirely different thing that's, what I'm, that's one of the that's one of the easy areas i'm suggesting non-cooperation mark i'm not suggesting you go off the deep end here i'm suggesting you're you, saying non-cooperation once you're locked up i mean they're going to put paperwork in front of you when you're not when you're locked up do they not they do they absolutely do right so However, don't sign it if likely, you can avoid if, it if you are their prisoner you probably if you have uh, for your own sake or the sake of the people that you love you probably should consider doing what it is they say besides signing pieces of paper uh, you know that that would be the the level of consent that i would say i'm not really interested in that but you do whatever you feel is appropriate i'm not telling you what to do and what not to do i think that not signing pieces of paper is a pretty easy one but even if they're threatening you over that you can always write under duress or all rights reserved above your name so it's quite clear that you were not voluntarily signing that you were only signing because you thought those men were going to hurt you if you didn't uh so there are ways to sort of play with the system once you are brought on the inside of it hopefully that won't happen though hopefully enough people will be non-cooperating it that'll become an issue and maybe some sort of uh, hay can be made from it i'm not sure i don't expect very much anywhere else but here in new hampshire but this is one area where people can easily get active and stand up for their rights because if you don't if you allow them to search you then you're enabling the police state by cooperating with the demands of these government bureaucrats you are enabling them you're empowering them you're telling them that this is all okay with you that they can go ahead and they can pass whatever absurd, arbitrary, and sick, twisted police state rules they want to, and you'll just go along with them. You'll just keep cooperating, whatever it is they demand. Go ahead, take your pants down now, uh, son. We're going to have to do a little rectal check on you next. Well, I, I have never seen that in prison. No, well, probably not, but, uh, you know, some people would do it. You know, yeah. The further you let them go, the more absurd it's going to become. So put your foot down. You need to decide when and where to put your foot down, but I think at some point you should have a line that sh- that uh, they might cross, and you should begin non-cooperating at that point. And that's something that each individual needs to think about for themselves, is where that line is and at what point they're willing to uh, to put their foot down and make a stand for liberty. It's been Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Back tomorrow night. Join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com, and be free, everybody. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.